You're listening to Hey guys, welcome back to First of All, a real unfiltered conversation on career, family, relationships, and culture. I'm your host, Minji Chang. I'm an actor, producer, and entrepreneur here to share inspiring stories and to walk through everyday life with you. How are you doing, guys? Good to be back. I sound terrible, but I'm happy to be here. Thank you guys for tuning in for this week's episode. I hope you guys have been doing well, staying safe and healthy, wherever you are listening to this from. Hello to all the international listeners. I love you. Um, Please stay safe. This has been a crazy year. Anybody who's been following along in the first of all journey, just how regular it became to talk about vaccines and about social distancing and quarantine and isolation and uh, just taking full scope of how I'm in California and most people here are vaccinated and a lot of people have been resuming normal life, quote unquote. Um, But yeah, I know that it's different everywhere. It's still acknowledging the fact that I really hope everyone stays safe and uh, there's the variant going around. I I need to get research, get researching on that and uh, get caught up on all that information. But just doing my little public health PSA because it does matter a lot to me about your guys' safety. Um, please take care of yourselves. And yeah, not to continue to beat that drum. We're just still going through a lot. And that's what I'm here is to be there with you. This is this is the everyday life we're going through. But anywho, um, yeah, thank you all for being patient and understanding. I, I, th- I think the irony is pretty thick. The last episode was on ghosting and then I kind of needed to dip out and take a break. Um, but thank you all for your patience and well wishes while I, I needed to kind of get myself centered again and uh, take a breather. So clearly did some breathing, but also a lot of talking, which is why my my voice sounds awful right now. But I'm just really excited to introduce this week's episode. So I'm just going to jump right to it because this week's guest, Anthony Francisco, is an incredible human being and an incredible artist. And you guys are going to get to know him in this conversation that we have. Um, but y'all probably know his art. You pro- And that is who he is. It's a huge part of his identity. Um, so he is a Los Angeles-based artist. He's dubbed as the visual father of Baby Groot from Guardians of the Galaxy. And he has also worked in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And uh, Anthony has been working in the film industry for 20 years. And then eight of those years has been working with Marvel. And so he has just done incredible things on the visual development team. He's contributed his designs of iconic characters for the Marvel comic universe, um, starting with Guardians of the Galaxy, with Ant-Man, Doctor Strange, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, Thor, Ragnarok, I don't know how to say that word, sorry guys, Um, with Black Panther, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Avengers the Infinity War, Captain Marvel, and the upcoming Avengers 4. I mean, actually, has that come out? Am I, I don't know. Sidebar, I don't follow all the Marvel stuff like minute by minute. So if I spoke incorrectly, don't come at me. Um, But yeah, Anthony is just a gem of a human being. I got to meet him through uh, through my ex, uh, through just working in the Asian American community and learning about the animation world and learning about how many artists are visual artists that are not in front of camera and that are creating all these incredible characters and adding culture and flavor and dimension to so many of our beloved films and characters. It's just incredible. And Anthony has such an amazing story to share um, about his philosophies and how he honestly just came from such a very different background growing up in the Philippines. 
to now literally designing the warriors in Black Panther. How how does one do that? Those are things that blow my mind and just remind me that we all come from humble beginnings and that we're all on our journeys and that we all have the ability to write our stories differently and to come from backgrounds that may just not indicate that you're onto something great or that you'll do something that's so big and bigger than you ever imagined and it can actually come true. Anthony to me is like he's a walking fairy tale in a way. He's doing his thing. He's loving his work. Um, and he's had such an inspiring story that's full of, you know, different forms of hardship, which we all go through. So this peek into Anthony's hero's journey is this week's episode. I hope that you guys enjoy it. And please stay to the end um, to listen to this week's featured artist, which is Vic North and Tayona with We Belong. So excited to share this music. Hope you guys enjoy it. And please enjoy this episode with Anthony Francisco. Yeah. Came in 88 with a dream of so bright eyed. They knew right away, sink or swim, there's no lifelines. Cutting the teeth on the move. Nobody's finished. Hi, Anthony. Welcome to First of All. Hey, thanks for having me. How are you doing? Good. You know, actually, right now, I am a little tired because last night I slept at four in the morning. <laughs> Anthony, why? That makes my, my insides hurt. <laughs> what yeah. kept you up to four? I haven't actually been sleeping that late uh, anymore, but um, I, I just got excited with one of the things I was doing, one of my pitches, and I just wanted to finish it like I thought I was going to be able to finish it. Um, but I, I didn't get to finish it, but it's, at least it's almost almost done. And what I, what I was doing, I was like seeing who was involved and I was trying to put their bio and their pictures and see what the team was looking like. And, and I realized, um, they're all pretty badass. <laughs> <laughs> Does that get you? Okay. For, I love how we're just diving right into, I, I want, I would love to give, like get a play by play of what your universe is like just doing the work that you do. And this is like a great way to just jump right in. So you're already revealing that you get intimidated which is crazy because I would imagine anybody who looks at your resume or you're like your IMDb is like, wait, what? I'm working with who? And everyone around you would probably feel the same way about you, just FYI. But and this kept you up till four because you're working on a pitch. So was it like a pitch deck? Yeah, it was for my own IP and the people that, um, you know, they're, they're friends. Uh, but, you know, after 20 years of knowing one certain person and he... Uh, you forget how much they've accomplished um, until you read, you know, it on paper. Mm-hmm. And and like you were saying, they they respect me the same way, and but I don't have the same experiences as as they have. Like you know, I have never been a producer or decided to create my own IP until you know a few years ago. And I know I've talked to you about that, uh, you know, numerous times, and we almost kind of. We're gonna do like a kind of writing thing, uh, like yes. workshop. Yeah, yes. but we are. Yes, that is that is yeah. to that is to be uh, created. We call yeah, it TBC. Yeah, <laughs> yeah TBD. Yeah, and because of uh, COVID, you know, things um, just stopped uh, mm-hmm. for a while. But it didn't stop for us at 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 work. You know, so I I, I do my idea pitches on the side while I am still working. And uh, during COVID, you'd think because we had to let go of some people that um, 
the job actually you would think the job would even get more hectic because there's not much people doing the work so Mm -hmm. it's me on four jobs at the same time oh my gosh yeah and i was working on ant-man 3 black panther 2 um captain marvel 2 at the same time oh my gosh (laughs) anthony Okay. This is this is wild. So to me, this is this is such an interesting way to exist for me because it's when I'm in LA a lot and when I get to be around the people that you and I know a lot of mutual people and there's a lot that we don't, yeah. but just being around a lot of amazing creative people and people who've made it their life's work to tell stories and to tell it in so many different ways in music and in film and all that. When I'm here, it, it's my world, right? Like I'm, I'm in it. I talk to these people, they're friends and I'm very, yeah. I'm in awe of them by default, but then it's like my world. I just got back for, from my first travels outside of LA, like mm. the state, like on a flight, the first one since COVID started. So yeah, <laughs> I just got back last night. And so I was like transported outside of my world again, right? I went to Atlanta and I went to Charlotte, North Carolina, which I've never been there before for my cousin's wedding. And it was just like one of those jarring things when you're introducing yourself to people and you're explaining what you do and things like that. (laughs) And it's like that weird point of recognition of like, oh my God, my, my friends are like yet another (laughs) 10,000 layers of like, they're so badass and amazing because you really see the impact that the things that you are doing and the things that, you know, our colleagues and mutual friends are doing really are appreciated and impacting all these different people, all these strangers, like that I've never met in these worlds that I've never been into that they all know it and love it. It just blows my mind, Anthony. So I just want to bring that back home to you because we're having this conversation right after I got back. What you do is incredible. Like it's, thank you. You know, but sometimes it's nice to hear hear other people acknowledge certain things because when you're like in it, uh, you know, sometimes your mind just you just have to do the work and mm-hmm. get it done, and it it almost doesn't feel as special. Not like I'm saying it's not special. It's still I'm still very very grateful for doing it, uh, but but there should be better balance you know (laughs) ideally yeah Uh, well you okay and then you can call me anytime text me anytime facebook message me anytime you need a hype woman because (laughs) it honestly makes me light up to remind people i admire why i admire them because honestly it gives me a lot of like oh my gosh i get to like talk with anthony and like you're (laughs) a friend and we've gotten to know each other better and better but like and it's not to separate like, oh, you are your work, but like that is an extension of you. And it is incredible. So I am, I'm here for you, Anthony, is what I'm telling you. <laughs> you need, if you uh, need someone you. to gas you up, I got you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, thank you. Uh, I'll need that probably sometime. But uh, what's nice is though, um, you know, I, I think all, all, all my friends, you know, they, there's that, um, that through line that I kind of keep, the people type of people around me are like people like you who are very energetic and just like on the positive and the stuff um you know sometimes you with ourselves we have our own like narratives of saying why we can't do certain things uh but then when it comes down to when you have to when 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 
<laughs> you just have to like plow through whatever it is you have to do and yep. being yeah right and being around like good people that help you go through it together that's really uh really important uh to me I, i've learned that through uh you know the career it's Absolutely. been 20 it's like a 20 year career right now Oh my God, all, 20 years. Yeah. Also, I just need to yeah. say that you don't look like you could have been in the industry for 20 years. Like when I first met you, because <laughs> when I had heard about you um, and I'd heard about your body of work and all the things you've done, I was honestly like envisioning someone different. And then when I met you, like you have such a great, <laughs> like you're just honestly one of the most humble people that I've met. Like you're uh, just like you. the chillest dude. And I love that. Um, <laughs> and you've done such impressive things, but you also have this like great, you're just like happy to be alive energy. So you, that, that's not what you envision of somebody that's like been a veteran of the entertainment industry for 20 years. Cause you know, there's, there's those people that like they've gone through war and they're just tired. They, of being they're, down. Yeah. Like I got a, uh, they're yeah. Or cynical or just don't mm -hmm. have, I, I, I still meet a lot of people like that in, in, in my industry. So sometimes, mm -hmm. um, but they are still grateful for where they are. Cause I, you know, it's always like, oh, at least I'm not digging ditches or anything like that. You know, I'm doing <laughs> yes, the yes. thing I love. Unless digging ditches is what I love to do. You know, I mean, there was a point actually when I was younger, uh, manual labor, I actually loved doing. Like, hey, lifting I boxes think that that's and, great. No, I think yeah. that's so great. And I would love to know about, because like, as much as I could totally, I or could sit all day and like hear about, and talk about your accolades and we will like i want to get into that but i think a lot of what interests me in getting to know people are those specific you know personal preferences and experiences yeah. that shaped us because you know the the achievements and and the titles like all of those are super impressive and i'm not trying to take anything away from that but i'm very much interested in the story of like how somebody got to be there and what they're doing with that now, because I know behind all of those titles and behind all of those dates and jobs and locations and, you know, all those things, those are like real life experiences, yeah. right? Those are, those are, and those are like the evolutions of a person. And when I thought of you and what I, the, you know, the parts that I had learned about you thus far, I kept thinking about the theme of the hero's journey, right? And it's yeah. very fitting because the hero's journey for those mm -hmm. who are tuning in and not familiar with, you know, the entertainment industry or screenwriting or anything like that. The hero's journey is a very standard, well-known and well-used structure and format for storytelling, especially in film of like how you follow your protagonist and how they go on this adventure, how they cross into a new world, how they go through yeah. troubles and tribulations. And the then struggles. they struggles. Yeah, yeah. And they change. I'm fascinated because that's how I sometimes especially now, like being deep in it, I look at my life that way. And when I think of you and just, again, from the tidbits that you shared, I was like, oh my God, Anthony's been through, he's been through some <laughs> stuff, man. And there's gotta be such crazy stories. And I would love to know that about you on top of like how you got to where you are. So I'm just letting you know. Well, yeah. Yeah. I definitely <laughs> talk about it for sure. Um, hopefully it's something interesting. I mean, um, I feel like we, we click both of us click in, in that point where I know you've got gone through some some uh, heavy stuff too, and I think um, I I still try to compare. I mean, I guess I, when you really think about how difficult it seemed like it was, but for some reason, when I was younger, I had just this delusional mindset that I'd 
I just do what I want to do, and and as long as I'm happy doing it, and it's art. I just want to do art. It doesn't matter what type of art. Um, as long as uh, I make enough money to live, and wow. you know, I'm good. Uh, but but I got lucky, and it turns out superheroes became the thing, and then you know, the industry <laughs> caught up with what I want to do. Uh, it's great. Well, yeah. in my lifetime, I don't know because I have I have two brothers and like superheroes were never not a thing. So I feel like yeah. it, we we're well set up for you to have a career. But in, yeah. even before we get to like the the universe, the Marvel world. Yeah, yeah. Can you can we go back to like the beginning as much as you're down to share? Like, I'm just curious, like your origin story, because I remember you shared some stuff that I was just like riveted by. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I was, I was leading towards that uh, eventually where um, I was saying like, right, the, the stuff I like uh, reading comic books and and um, just drawing uh, in high school or in elementary. Elementary, you're cool if you drew, but when in high school, I didn't think you were that cool reading comic books. Here. <laughs> it's like, why do you read comic books? That's for kids. I'm thinking, well, have you read the comic books? They're actually pretty mature. You wouldn't understand some of it. It's, it's not Archie comic books. This stuff. X Men has a lot of like flawed kind of characters that go through life. You know, like mm-hmm. real people do. Um, that's why Marvel is one of the better. Uh, uh, <laughs> no, not, what am I saying? No, they're they're all good. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Yeah, you can you can, you can you can guess up who you want. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, but but back to where I started. Like, mm-hmm. um, so uh, uh, I I came to the United States a little older. You know, I, I was already seventeen. I was going on, on eighteen, and. Um, and, uh, you know, doing art, and this, this seems like a regular story that most artists seem to have where artists meaning not just drawing, but um, but even, nah, maybe it's just art with drawing that it can't make any money. You'll be a starving artist. Why, why do you want to do that? My grandma would say to me, why do you draw monsters? Why don't you, can't you draw something pretty like flowers? <laughs> Sounds like something my grandma would say too. She's like, "Why are you talk- writing about such sad things? Can you can you, can people be happy? Like, yeah. you don't know my heart." <laughs> yeah, but then grandma, you won't see the beautiful from the ugly. If there's no, mm-hmm. you know, scary stuff or sad stuff or, um, and and see that knowledge is from comic books. Like I read the Sandman comic books, which is one of my favorite ones. Where you know you won't know what uh you know what. Uh, What's that? How good heaven is if you don't experience how hell is. Mm. Um, it was this Lucifer. Um, um, I forgot the title of, of the book, but uh, but yeah, I learned so much from just reading um, in the Philippines, reading all these comic books. So when, by the time I got here, uh, there's a lot of stuff I kind of know. I mean, I, but the thing is, in the Philippines, my mom taught me English first. Oh wow! Um, yeah. Because she was afraid if I got to the United States, I won't be able to to adapt quickly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but but the side effect of that is I spoke English in the Philippines. They were telling me to go back to my country, which oh, is the wow. United States. <laughs> yeah. Come on, man. So was the yeah, so I'm guessing cool. like you're saying. So I'm like gleaning things. I'm like extracting things from yeah. things you're sharing. Um, so your mom was teaching you English first, which means that so since you were young, because you came to the 
states when you're 17 going on 18, that means that she yeah. was, the plan was for you to leave the Philippines to come to America. So that was always yeah, like yeah. the plan. It was always the plan. We were, uh, um, they would, uh, what's that? They, they petitioned us, the side of my dad's side of mm-hmm. the family for our family to, to go there. I mean, most of his family was already in, uh, in the East coast. Oh, got it. Yeah. And even my mom's side, actually, they're, they were in, in, LA already so it was just us um, and, and there's some few relatives my mom's sister's still in the Philippines but um, yeah we were we were uh, it was planned out for us to go there already um, and I actually almost didn't make it because it took 13 years before we were uh, allowed to and I I think I was almost 18 and if I turned 18 I probably wouldn't have been able to go what? Okay, can we can yeah. we can we unpack this a little bit? Because <laughs> I I am the quintessential second generation. I was born in California, right? And I yeah. have met so many different and we're in Asian Heritage Month, right? And I've met a lot of different friends and you know, even family members. The cousin that just got married, she immigrated when she was a little kid. You know, she came over and she grew yeah. up um in the deep south she grew up in texas and alabama she has the thick southern accent no way yeah it's wild like my cousins um they're very alabama now living in north carolina um very southern but they came from korea and so i've had a different experience right like just totally west coast bay area like grew up around a bunch of asian americans then moved to a white town it was different for me but i'm very curious like what that's like and also just on the fact that i grew up in the bay so i knew a lot of filipino americans but it's yeah. such a different Asian American experience and culture, right? That's so different than the East Asian storylines that we see so much, right? For Chinese and Korean and Taiwanese and Japanese. Um, and I've just been learning so much, honestly, being part of collaboration the last like 12 years, learning yeah. much more specifically what that that immigrating experience is like what it's like actually in the Philippines, because I didn't know that there was such poverty there and things like that. I just didn't understand because it wasn't part of my, my universe so much. Right. Um, Are you open to share about that? Because I'm very curious Um, how that plays out. Yeah. You don't even have to ask me if I'm open. Just, we'll just keep on talking. Yeah. Let me know, Anthony. Yeah. And I'll just like not answer if it's too, too much, but (laughs) no, I don't think it will be though. It's not like only if you ask me what's happened, what's going to happen in the next movies of Marvel, then I'm like, uh, uh, we can't talk about that. Well, I'll take out for food and then we'll weasel it out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh man. Um, so yeah, what, what, what would the question be? Well, how would you, yeah, what was it like growing up? What city did you grow up in? And what was it like reading these comic books and like your view of America? That's I'm curious about that too. Like with, with this plan of like we're gonna we're gonna eventually go to the states. Yeah, like I'm curious. Wow, that's an interesting question. You know, um, I th- I guess since we know each other and we're friends, uh, the the topics I don't think I've had this kind of conversation in all the other other interviews i had ah. um yeah it's it's uh it's interesting <laughs> that you asked that let me let me let me think a little bit because my view of how america was when i was young in the philippines um you know it feels like the the power of media and how uh how 
because uh, I'm older now, I think about these things, how the brainwashing happens, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. right? And how, oh, America is so amazing and they're always the best, Russia versus America and all the movies and everything we watch. And I, I didn't like watching any Filipino shows. Um, they were always just seen as not high quality, you know? Mm, got it. Um, yeah. But but really, when I when I when you look at it, when I look at it now, the storytelling is still pretty good. I mean, not all Filipino movies were the best, but I did like certain ones that I actually liked, like some horror Filipino shows that were actually good. But since you have this westernized, uh, uh, uh like film industry kind of like fighting with it, and for some reason in like social. Uh, in like school and stuff there's something that makes you oh I'm cooler because I spoke English or something you know um, mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. And in our school most of the time everyone just uh, are, are, are told to speak in English uh, which is fine for me because I had trouble in the Philippines talking in Tagalog <laughs> which is weird and that then when I got problem. here yeah and when I got here I spoke more Tagalog uh, right funny That's how weird. that works out right She's like, this yeah. isn't how it's supposed to go. Um, although I, I have to say, in the Philippines, when I got to high school, I did speak a little more because some of the girls I liked just spoke in Tagalog. <laughs> so I had to like adapt I love and overcome. <laughs> no, this is the hero's journey, Anthony. This is why we have to share all these tidbits because we have to use what's at our disposal. That's the basic rule of being an adolescent and even an adult. Like you just got to yeah. work with what you got. So I respect that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the views of, of um, I uh, like the Western cu- culture and, you know, comic books and stuff, I, I still... I never really thought of it that way until now that I'm like evaluating it. Uh, but I just liked disappearing in, into that world, right? I, there's a comic book store every summertime. Me and my friend would just be there all day uh, reading comics because I didn't have money to buy them. So I would just read them oh, wow. and mm-hmm. yeah, memorize the, the panels and go. And sometimes I'd bring my sketchbook uh, in there um, to try to sketch things out, but that was too obvious. So I just try to just memorize stuff. Wow. So you would draw from memory. You would, you're like essentially kind of copy comics through photographic memory that you're developing. <laughs> Something like that. But of course it's not photographic, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, but, um, but, but it sticks to your mind. And, and then when uh, I started reading them, <laughs> <laughs> that's what it's like oh oh this is awesome <laughs> you know boys they don't like to read well some do but yeah. some do. I, I i know some that don't for sure <laughs> yeah my well my line of uh me my son <laughs> we don't like to read uh but um but of course i'm i'm reading more now and i'm trying to tell my son to to read more because in the end you'd you'd probably want to be a storyteller and 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 make your own films like what I want to do now. Uh, and uh, I'm just like catching up with uh, reading more. Um, That's good. <laughs> so you'd be in these comic book stores absorbing every comic under the sun that you could, getting influenced about like Western culture, getting brainwashed like the rest. I mean, I was too. Just I was doing that in the States. 
Yeah. And get yeah. also getting Disneyed out like crazy. Disneyed like, out. Yeah. Uh, although the funny thing is in the in the Philippines, I think I was more into like the anime stuff. Um the like big robot Japanese animation more than Disney stuff. Oh cool. Um, yeah, that was that was the end thing uh, when I was younger. Did you have um, like a ultimate what did you have like a favorite, favorite, favorite comic that you always like always um, won first place? Uh well, you know, uh, you mean a Marvel comic book or just any <laughs> any comic? Any just, comic book. You know, we don't have to plug Marvel because well, no. <laughs> it is <laughs> it is the X Men. The X Men was my favorite, and Ooh, Wolverine. Okay. Wolverine was was the best for me because uh, I felt like I related to him because he's five three and I'm five three. Oh, know? are you serious? That's so yeah. Cool. <laughs> That's awesome. Also, I didn't know that they specified his height. Because you don't yeah. imagine Hugh Jackman as 5'3". That's why Hugh Jack- they got it all wrong with Hugh Jackman. That's <laughs> but his face, though, is is perfect for it. It's just, you know, if I was to, uh, you know, if, uh, if, if things would have been like how it was in the comic book, he would be 5'3". He'd be like, you know, not so ripped, but he's just thick. Like a Wolverine, you know. Mm-hmm. Wolverines are very tough uh, for their size. So um, I kind of thought, that of myself i'm tough for my size and uh you know when i was in high school i'd get into a lot of fights uh just because i guess i just don't like to get bullied and whenever it feels like i am about to uh i just punch first when it's close enough really anthony see this is so this is the (laughs) stuff i live for because I mean, I know the grown, mature man that you are now. And so, you know, I know everyone has a past. I certainly do. So I'm not judging or anything. But yeah. it's, so, it's so, I love to know, like, what was the version of you before you got wise? Like, I'm so curious oh, about man. that because that's, that's just, that's normal. I mean, when yeah, you're a kid, yeah. you're hormonal and you're figuring things out. My my brother, he too punched first a lot so (laughs) it's also you know i'm i'm smaller uh and in in elementary high school i wasn't five three i think i became five three at third year high school and i and that's been my height uh some people think i'm five four but you know i think it's just the shoes (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but i still remember um my first ever fight in the Philippines in elementary, I think I was third grade. And um, and my dad was the one telling me this because he kind of watched it. So so after class, we'd be coming down the stairs and there's this big quad that you'd have to go across. And my dad was waiting on the end there and, and he was saying that he just saw me and this taller guy and, and that guy's the... He's like the bully of our grade, mm. our whole grade. So I was a little scared. That's why I hit him first as soon as he got closer because <laughs> it's out of fear, really. It says, huh? And, and, and what a stupid, uh, you know, the way we we got into it is because he's like, he he. I think he knew that I liked that kind of stuff. Uh, um, but then I had my friend who was kind of instigating it, kind of like, uh, how's this? Oh, you want to fight? Oh, you can't. You can't fight me. You're so short. You know, you can't fight me, blah, blah, blah. And no, he could totally. My friend was saying that. I go, no, I can't. I can't. And then by the time we went down, this down the stairs, he was like berating me and trying to, uh, what's the word? Um, provoke something. Provoke you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some kind of reaction. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
once we got down to, you know, not in the stairs anymore, he came pretty close and then just said, like, you'd have to eat a lot of rice. And then when he stepped close to where I feel, I felt like my swing could hit him. And I just hit him. Wow. And I just kept on hitting, hitting. And he just kept on backing up because I got scared. I thought he was going to do something to me. Um, and if he got me, he's, he's a tall guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but just kept on straight punches uh, one after the other until he just fell to the ground. And then I, you know, postured up on top of him, ready to, you know, just keep on going. But we ended up in front of the principal's office window. <laughs> this could not have been written better. Yes, continue. <laughs> yeah, so, and then I just hear, hoy, you know, like in Tagalog, you know, they say hoy. Or, mm-hmm. um, and then I just he- feel my ear get pulled <laughs> by the nun. Because uh, we're in a Catholic school, um, <laughs> so none pulls my ear, and then they pull him up, and my I guess my nose is bleeding. I didn't even feel anything. Uh, I didn't know I got hit. Um, he was bleeding a little bit on the side of his mouth. I think I don't know why I remember this this clearly. Uh, and then we went to the principal's office, and man, this is this is funny because I'm saying this if if this guy watches this now, I said. I said he punched me first. Oh. <laughs> and since I'm smaller than he is and and he is he is known to be the bully, even the teachers know know that. Um, yeah. So who would they believe? Um I I was just defending myself, you know, and 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 I was never bullied anymore after that. Wow. No yeah. Well, way to handle that. This yeah. it's such a sad thing because Bullies, I mean, they're terrible. And then I reflect on yeah. my past and I, I wonder in what ways I might have been one myself. I don't. I never physically yes. assaulted anybody, but I think I kind of emotionally might have bullied a couple of people. I'm very sorry. Mm. But I think it's, it's so sad because as an adult, you know, like bullies are very, they're hurting on the inside. There's a lot of stuff going on there. <laughs> they're not happy. They're very insecure. But it's still like I, yeah. I, when I see bullies bullying, it's very upsetting. I get very angry. And... You know, yeah. I applaud somebody that can stand up to them, but it's so sad because, like, as an adult, you just know that everybody here is like hurt, <laughs> and my maternal yeah. side is like everybody's just needs to stop and need everyone needs a hug. But um, well, you yeah. kind of want to you you want justice too, right? So you're like, yeah. Well, some, but then when you're older, already, like you know, men and and women, and and you see stuff like that happening, mm-hmm. it's like it's harder because then you know lives are more. Um, you know, you're risking more someone's life. Yes, than, absolutely. And, and those people are, some of them are not like, you know, you're still being kind to, oh, this, they're hurting inside, but some of them are just crazy, you know? Absolutely. And it's hard to right. distinguish. Like, it's, do you have the wisdom? Like some, I have said it. Well, it was like, that person just needs to be smacked in the face. Like they just yeah. need, and I said stuff like that. I don't think I'd have the guts to ever do that. Although I <laughs> yeah. did kick a dude when I was in Spain and I was getting konichiwa and chingchanda every day. Oh man. Some dude like in Spain at a bar, like konichiwa me and slapped my butt. He like slapped my ass. What? So I turned around wow. and I was just, I was done because it had been happening for a really long time. And he was the straw that broke my back and I turned wow. around and I kicked him in his groin. <laughs> so I too have responded oh, in, in physical terms, but it, yeah. it's not something that like, Dude, we, how long we were you in Spain? How, uh, were you, were I you actually, in school there? Or? 
Yeah, I actually studied abroad. Well, this was part of my hero's, hero's journey. The first time I ended up in Europe was when I was 19 and I was actually like, <laughs> I was fleeing the, co- <laughs> the country. Um, <laughs> I was escaping a really bad guy and oh. I was like sent away to live with my brother in France. Um, wow. so, yeah. So do you speak French or Spanish or? Um, I, I took Spanish in, in junior high and high school. So I knew more Spanish, but little, I knew nothing of France. Like my brother was studying abroad there and I just ended up having to, like my parents sent me away with him. Wow. Slash he demanded that I go with him. <laughs> I was just trying to fight everybody to try to go back home. But like, we all knew what that would mean. And that means I get back with my very bad ex. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So that was the first time. But so I fell in love with Europe and I was one of those kids that had no desire to go to Europe. I was like, who cares? Like it's, you know, I was, yeah. I was a dumb teenager. And then I went, I fell in love. So a couple of years later, I went back to study abroad. And so there I like did more traveling. I went to Spain. I went to Brussels. I went to Germany. I, I like got to go around a bit. So I was very fortunate. That's cool. Yeah, that's awesome. But it was a lot of life learning. Like you're saying, like you, you have to learn by the experience of things. Like I learned how beautiful the world is and then just also more like even outside of the u.s because the u.s is plenty ugly um just like how ugly it can be elsewhere too you know yeah definitely i think when i first got to the united states and i was in downtown uh the uh what do you call it the the clothing district is that what it's called or Mm -hmm. the garment district the garment district yeah uh i don't know why we were there first because we were looking for cheap clothing my grandma and mom they like going there Mm -hmm. um but it just felt like the Philippines a little bit. I thought I, thought I was in America. I was saying to myself, <laughs> um, you know, and then you got, you got Skid Row. And um, I think that the time that it felt more, I was in America was when it became winter time. And, you know, you saw the snow or in the East coast, when I visited my dad's side over there, it just felt more um, like what you see on TV or something. Um, yeah. Uh, but I, I do, I do like LA the best. Um so far well, I mean, we're glad to have fun. you yeah <laughs> yeah uh, wait so um, you so you were this you were this kid in the philippines reading your comic books getting in fights which i like <laughs> like picturing this all i'm having a frame by frame view in my head <laughs> what was the did you did you want to leave that's my i'm curious about oh, kids man. that have to that have to, I just, ne- I never wanted to move. And I moved a few times as a kid. This is, you know, locally, right? So I'm not yeah. leaving the country. That's a huge deal in my mind. Um, was that yeah, something you wanted to do? I mean, I know you have this image of, oh, America seems so great. And you're getting the, you know, the Hollywood brainwashing, but yeah. your friends and like everything you no, know. I, is I didn't want to leave. Yeah, I yeah. didn't want to leave. That was hard because I, uh, I also had a, a girlfriend at that time. And oh no, you didn't. Yeah, <laughs> that's why it's so hard. The pain. Oh my god, my heart's breaking. <laughs> but, but you know, the sad thing is, uh, you know, it, I was crying like on, on the plane. Like it feels like, oh, this will, this is like the worst thing that could ever happen to me because I, you know, you think you love that person so much. Mm-hmm. But I wish my parents would have said, you know what, you could just save money and and you know, buy a plane ticket and come back the next year or something like that. They didn't say that to me. I was like, just say goodbye. Say goodbye. Yeah, just say goodbye. That's it. We're never seeing the Philippines again. We're never, um, you know, but I think that's how, that's how I realized. That's how, um, 
how uh, um what's the word I'm thinking we're uh not close minded but but it, my family didn't have that growth mentality where things are possible right mm-hmm. it's like we're so poor um that why even think about getting a ticket to go to the Philippines because that's not important what's important that money should be for food you know uh or or the things we need or education or stuff like that yeah um, you know but if you're making your own money or if you have a goal to go to the Philippines that actually will, will make you want to make more money so you could buy your food and buy your ticket and go you know why can't we have all of it for sure um, but it makes sense <laughs> honestly like this is stuff that i recognize okay these are all things you rec- recognize being an adult and having to make your own money and just yeah hindsight is always 2020 when i think about how young my parents were when they got married had my brothers and me and like what they were doing like when i understand the logistics of their lives and the context i get why they never you know right now literally i mean my brother and i are in like we're in therapy like processing through yeah. our various traumas and like figuring out how do we get here um yeah and there's part of that where you can be like why didn't you just ever encourage me in such and such ways it's so simple it's so you, all it's you, so you could have just given me a little reassurance you could have just like said hey you know what better luck next time like it's not you know treating me like yeah. a total failure when xyz happened and it all seems yeah. so simple. you have to know you're you're a failure that's why because mm-hmm. if you don't know it <laughs> it's like what no no it doesn't have to be that way you could uh but you know i i i think on my side i got i got i got spanked uh more often than than told actually no it's both i got both because i'm a c student in 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 the philippines uh, in elementary got it Uh, yeah because you didn't like to read yeah always (laughs) always failing always oh man it just reminded me of this uh one i always tell this story to my kids because um this is how much of a dreamer i am or i'll just daydream in class uh i think i was second grade or something where that's when star wars came out um and i'm like listening but i'm not listening in my mind something else is going on i, I was imagining <laughs> I, I was the big creature where the um you know the the millennium falcon was inside its belly and flying out of right uh-huh. so i'm imagining my head doing this and, and my eyes were closed and i said no i gotta save the millennium falcon so my mouth was open i was like holding my mouth open with my hands saying ah nah and then and then the the, the classroom kind of got quiet, and then it's like, oh. And then I looked up. The teacher was looking down on me and saying, <laughs> "What are you doing?" So you were actually having a daydream experience in, in class. In class, how old it was are you? So odd. Uh, is it that I was first grade or second grade? So that I think I was eleven or twelve. No, no, no. Twelve was sixth grade. Um, in the Philippines, there's only six grades, and then four years in high school, right? So. Mm-hmm. I think I was eight or nine. That's amazing. Yeah. And uh, of course, you're ri- ridiculed, I guess. And, mm. and it's, uh, but you know, I didn't feel that. I don't know. Uh, I think that's why my son's kind of similar to me. We do, There's this thing where you don't, um, you don't care what anybody else says uh, until, until I got a little older and, 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 and that constant shaming you for certain things start to break you down i guess mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. yeah oh that breaks my heart but i'm glad that you i don't know i just i think there's something that's so precious about that childhood part right and then i think we're 
especially as adults, like we're always kind of like reaching back for because that purity of this is who I am. This is what I like. You don't like it. Cool. Get away from me. Like (laughs) I'm not bothering you. Like, let me just have this. Get away. (laughs) Like, yeah. And it's it's freedom. It's not all bad. There's this. Yeah. Yeah. Freedom of, yeah. It's still a lot of fun. Um, but, uh, do you, do you sometimes not remember anything that happened in your childhood? Like, yeah, I can't remember something. It's, it's, it makes me kind of sad because I have run into people or like certain things will prompt a memory and yeah. all of a sudden I'll remember X, Y, or Z, like from a food or a mention of a place. And I'll be like, oh my gosh. And it's kind of like digging a memory out of like, out of the dirt, right? There's just so much, yeah. like it was just buried. Um, and it kind of makes me sad. I'm like wondering how many things are kind of drifting out of my consciousness, you know, the older I get. Um, but I forget a lot. Well, I, I guess sometimes that's why it's, it's cool to talk to people that want to be open with with those kind of emotional parts of your psyche, I guess. Because most of the time, you know, with with your bro, you're all just, oh, I got to be tough. You know, that kind of deal. Mm-hmm. If emotion comes in, then it's not. I've been like that for a while. Even my wife uh, could could say that I was emotionless mm. in a way. Um, which is very odd now I'm very emotional um, I, actually I, I was emotional before but it was a different kind of angry more you know um, like a reactive emotional yeah, yeah 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 I think that makes sense as we're talking about our hero's journey because it's like you're yeah. you're it's your living of a version of yourself that's going to get challenged, right? When you are that reactive, that's like, you know, what people refer to as like, oh, that's when I was like young and immature, X, Y, Z. Like I just didn't know better. And that's the part of like life. You don't know. So you do things, you get a consequence, good or bad. (laughs) And then you learn, you know, whether you like it or not, you learn from that. And so it makes sense, you know, in the grand scheme of things. But I, the thing that the reason why I honestly made, first of all, was like, I was, thinking if I didn't get to talk about my feelings, which I think I've become like the expert at because I was born like such a freaking sensitive person that cried and got I was always so responsive and sensitive to everything. I was like, if this is the one corner of the world that I can, I can process out loud and talk to other people, hopefully that can help others. Because I did know from so many people around me that people wanted to be able to talk about their feelings. They just didn't know how. And yeah, yeah. and they they liked when other people did because it gave them a freedom. Like it kind of opened the door for them to be emotional creatures. So that's what I think you and I are doing here. And I just like genuinely am so fascinated by your story. But I think yeah. even us talking through these memories and like understanding where you came from and how it coincides with like what I've been through. Man, even though there are specific experiences, they're very, I've always related to other people's like deep emotions in their stories. Even though I've never been there, I don't know what they exactly went through, but. Yeah, you're, you're, you have, I guess empathy, is that what it is? Like you could see yourself in their shoes or, or, cause, cause it's the same kind of feeling, even though it's a different experience, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's, yeah. that's the importance of the stories we tell. And, you just telling me that you're leaving like that detail. I didn't know when you're telling the story of like you left the Philippines when you were 17. I'm sorry. But the fact that you just said that you're dating someone, you're in love with someone and had to leave them. <laughs> that just made it for me. 
specifically for me because I'm so all about, you know, the romance. Again, I was a Disney girl. Can I tell you? Yeah. <laughs> um, that just like makes my heart wrench more. But that's an important yeah. thing to to experience, I think, like that heartbreak and loss is like a really key. Those are key moments in life. You know, they teach us so much. Yeah. Oh, man. The, Not to make you relive trauma. <laughs> oh, no. it's, it's, it's good stuff to, to think through. I think now that I'm older and I know how to, how to I guess, uh, uh, set... I guess the mindset part of it and, and where I put myself in that situation, feeling all those emotions were, were because I didn't know that, um, I didn't know that it can be solved or something like that, I mm -hmm, guess, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so with my kids now, I think I, I guess sometimes I feel like I give them so much more, uh, uh, so much more of the concept of options like you can have anything you put your mind to you know you don't if you think negatively you can't do this uh that's just your fear of, of wanting of not wanting to do it because you might think you would fail so i would say just go and fail and mm -hmm. at least you attempted instead of not attempting at all and and just regretting it or not even knowing you might like it because you thought you're saying i don't like it but really you're afraid you know mm -hmm. that's so um wise words yeah <laughs> so can we so you you you're heartbroken you left the philippines and you said you narrowly got out because if you were 18 you might not have been able to leave the philippines uh, right yeah yeah so uh when what was when, that rule i i forgot uh if that's a rule still now but that's what my dad was really worried about that's why i kind of remember that and we were all so happy once uh we got the letter that that we you know we have to prepare pack up and ready to go we were happy happy like ah yeah and then all of a sudden the thing sets in like wow how about my friends how about my ah okay can i come back or mm -hmm. you know that kind of stuff um but overall you know i knew it was better to come to the united states because that's where you can um you know that 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 american dream we could we could be be in a better place and, and all of us could get work. Uh, and um, I didn't, I don't remember if I was thinking of the art part of it, if, because I like film. So Hollywood mm -hmm. was where you wanted to go. But the funny thing is, um, well, let, let me try to go slower with this. My, so when, when, when we were preparing to go, my dad was really just so careful with everything that we needed to do. Uh, to to be respectful when we were having our interview thing to you know he was he was very cranky when when we would just even question stuff there's no questions just follow what i'm saying you know and we we don't want to make them angry and all of a sudden they just say because they some of them could just have the power to just say you know you won't be leaving even though everything is in order you mm -hmm, know mm -hmm. um um would Sometimes you call that corruption? Because I've heard like yeah. several Asian countries, right? It's not just the Philippines, but it's just like your life can be in the hands of like someone's mood that day, right? Because they don't, there's not, yeah. there's different levels of accountability. So if they just like, don't like the way you're looking at them, they could just be yeah. a dick and say, hey, um, your family can go, but you can't. You know what I mean? Like I've heard That's, yeah. stuff like I, that can happen. I think so. I mean, people have their 
power trips. So, mm-hmm. so it's almost like you have to learn to, I guess, properly negotiate or show the right uh, body language. You mm-hmm. know, not to feel it, not not just with our interview, but even like in school, right? When when I was growing, it's not like I always got into fights. That only happened when. I avoided as much as I can and they just want to, you know, keep on going with the bullying. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but you, yeah, you try to give uh, uh, like, like that neutral kind of position, give, even giving them a sense that they have uh, the power, but really I'm just saying, you know, I, I just don't want to have any, any friction or anything. So um, yeah. Yeah. And my dad's really good at that kind of like a, even with driving, always like defensive driving. Mm, um, mm-hmm. Don't, yeah, because you don't want to, well, with him, it's like you don't want to waste time. Even though you're right, you don't want to waste time going through the accident and suing him or whatever, being in the hospital. If you could avoid it, mm-hmm. just avoid it, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I know that well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, I think so, that's why, right? That, that's why the Asian stuff is. I mean, right? Like that's so. Yeah. It's, I've been, I've, I've been having some really, very, very important conversation. I don't know what the right adjective is, but I feel like yeah. I have been honest and saying things out loud that I have felt for a long time internally, yeah. and that I might share with like family or if I'm like mouthing off with like my brother or friend, right? But. Yeah. I've been able to say out loud, even on air, right? I've been a guest on other podcasts to talk about tensions between the black and Asian community um, and being able to say things, even though I'm shaking on the inside, I'm like, like, am I going to get a a backlash for being honest? You know, the fact that how it feels to feel powerless. And I know that there are people out there who look at the privilege that Asian people can have because we assume this neutral position all the time and and you know there's a lot yeah. of layers to that right well, it seems like a neutral position it all seems the time, like right? yeah but yeah it really isn't isn't really because because of that idea of you know i have more important stuff to do i don't want to like have to deal with this but once you're actually in a, a, a better position because that's in the beginning right? but when you're in a better position your career is kind of going or even if you're uh, in a high position in your career you start noticing certain things that maybe they're they're not quite um, intentionally doing uh, but that are happening <laughs> but, but it's happening and mm-hmm. then that's when you have to not let it pass and right. I think most Asians don't you know especially I feel like female Asians are very uh I don't know, maybe maybe just the ones I know are not gonna make certain things pass. They just you know what, are are you messing you know, like are you are you bullying me? You just like just very um aggressive is not the word, it's more like um firm, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um Wow, I can't remember you, you fight back. I think that's what it is. Um And you find well, I I can my, I can detest from my personal experience, like I've I've paid attention, very close attention for as long as I can remember. I was always observing where and when yeah. I can push buttons. 
Down yeah. to like how I can cry louder to get my brother in bigger trouble because <laughs> yeah. he punched me or something like, because that yeah. was my power that I had, right? The crying was my power. I can't physically beat my brother up. It's not going to do anything, but I can cry <laughs> and, you know, my parents will get more mad at him. So <laughs> we, we learn our, our levers to pull, right? And I think that's something that I've done and a lot of people have done. And it's depending on what's at stake or what power you think you have to wield, you start to then pull those levers. But I think that there's a lot of practicing that has been done in a, in like kind of like a collective way of not pulling levers in a in a showy way or an obvious way. I do think a lot of people pull levers behind the scenes. There's a lot of yeah. like covert stealth operations if you will. <laughs> but what yeah. people want to also see is like a bold standing up to the bully, right? Yeah. To like Yeah the entitled white dude or whoever it is, or, you know, even the entitled white woman, whoever that, or whoever that is in that room, that's like being the oppressor. You want somebody to like (laughs) metaphorically punch him in the face. (laughs) Yeah. It could be even an entitled Asian person that acts like the entitled white person. Thank (laughs) you. Also that, that is also real. Again, that's another thing I've been saying out loud that I was like nervous to say out loud. Cause I was like, I don't know who's going to come at me now, but yes, agreed. You know, when, now that uh, you know, now that we're talking a little bit about that, it's it's funny because when I first got here, um, it there there were other Filipinos that that uh, looked down on you because you know you first got to the United States, you know, mm. um, even though, uh, but then it makes for funny, entertaining uh, <laughs> stories because you go, oh, oh, they've been here for two years more than me, but. They have still have their thick accent, but they pretend like they can't speak Tagalog anymore, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But I just got here, but I spoke English because that's how I was raised first. So it's like, oh, you, you, uh, they, they think I've been here for a while, but no, no, I haven't. Or if I'm in the bus and someone would say to me, oh, your English is really good. And I didn't realize that that's, you know, I took that as a compliment, mm-hmm. <laughs> but mm-hmm. other people take that as an offense, right? That's like, uh, things are very different now. I think there, there's more things that's brought to light with with how people actually felt when people were saying that. But I think my mind always goes to more on the positive side of what something could be. Yeah, because you actually immigrated and that mm-hmm. was, you you had been practicing that and that is something yeah. that you had worked on and I don't it, it it's hard because I do think that there are an unintentional things that people can take as racist and I understand that yeah but I also see from the person giving it I've been around plenty of incidents like that throughout my life where wow. I know that they were not intending to be offensive and yeah. I've wondered about that a lot too as an adult like what what qualifies as being like, oh, you're a racist asshole, right? Like, I don't think that it's the what always. It's partially about the intention and how, especially because I'm an actor and I'm like, yeah. you can tell by how it was delivered and the circumstances, the context, what was yeah, happening. The context, yeah. They were not being, to me, racist has like an energy of hostility and hate and prejudice and like negativity behind it. Like they were being, from the beginning. Like right. From the, yeah. Like they were being ignorant. Yeah. But is that, I don't know. I think of these labels. This is stuff I think about in my head of like, (laughs) can you, can you rightfully call them that? So saying that someone said something that was false, calling them a liar, right? Like, no, they, they said something wrong, but I feel like liar to me implies intentionality. Like I'm trying to deceive you. 
right? Like manipulative. Right. Um, that's that's behavior. what that word says to me. So if somebody said said the wrong fact to me, right? They read the wrong thing and gave me misinformation unintentionally. Yeah. I don't know if I would call them a liar. Be like, you're dumb or you should have checked your facts yeah. or like you, you gave me the wrong information that's the extent of what i can say but because they're being truthful yeah. they're still mind, being truthful <laughs> right they're being truthful with the wrong information um, yeah so and you know what i'm saying so things like that i do like it's an interesting what a time to be alive you know um but the, these are things yeah. that i think come to our attention when you're on the receiving side and you're just in this different place because you know, being an immigrant yeah just like what you said the it's almost like being delusional in in a way right but if you um you could also do it on the on the positive side of being that somewhat delusional on on everything is happy too happy and then you don't see what's going on that's wrong in the world Mm -hmm. because you know you're always seeing the bright side and maybe there's a balance in between but um but most of the time in in my life anyway um i try to see you know what's more positive than than what's reality uh, most of the time because if I always thought of oh you know art can't get you anywhere because the reality of the family let's say is is they've never seen anybody that's that's done well with art they're always like you know but that's just because like you said they don't know in a way you could say they're lying to you right because but no they just didn't know that the film industry has has all these other people that that make a movie that mm-hmm. I, I could be working for but since they don't know that there's no doctor you know physical therapist was one thing they were trying to get me to do <laughs> um when i first got here and, and then when i first got here i started working at costco you know they just they just didn't it is so uh, how's the word like I, I became an asset for the for my grandma anyway like like mm-hmm. my my older people that's taking care of us that were in, in the house, uh, in the first house we were in. Um, uh, yeah. So work here. So you get, give your money, uh, to your mom and then, you know, pay for the car that I don't use or something like that. <laughs> wow. I mean, that's such a, I, we're going to turn this into a movie someday, Anthony, but these are, <laughs> yeah. these are the realities that I, people can argue depending on how you're looking at it. People can argue saying that that's like, if you're looking at a very like a Western Americanized view, you could look at that and be like, oh my gosh, your family is so selfish. They're like hindering you from your dreams. They're not letting you be free and have your own identity. Right. But if yeah. you gave that to like an Eastern mentality, there's a lot. I mean, I know a lot of Koreans who they do the exact same thing. And that's a very, in their mind, a very noble and correct and like yeah. respectful way to pay your elders back for the opportunities that they provided you. And I, I could see that. And I don't think that that's invalid. And I, I don't think that somebody's bad or not necessarily even like foolish. It's not like, bad or good. It's not, right? It's, yeah. It's like, it's just something that they want to do for you. Um, and then me, what I want to do for my kids, I tell them, I don't want them to take care of me. So that's why I'm going to make a lot of money now. So you could make your own money and then you could be free and live however you want to live and <laughs> and then get whatever career you want. But I don't want you to be taking care of me. You know, that's... I think that's very generous of you. <laughs> I'm kind of flip-flopping on mine. I kind of like, 
No, I'm going to teach my children some responsibility. I don't know if I'm going to let them know how much money I have. I'm going to let them like (laughs) figure it out on their own. And I will hold it over their head and be like, if something happens, I'm living with you. So (laughs) yeah, you know, just make sure become a millionaire. All right. I I gave you all the tools here. It is Exactly. Now go, go do right with it. Don't, don't screw anyone over. <laughs> be, be kind. Um, so when did you, so you came 17, 18. I remember you told me there was military, right? Was that, oh, was yeah. that, that was the next chapter? I know our last talk was, I know we, that was pretty condensed how when you were talking the last time we should just mm-hmm. recorded it right there. Yeah. <laughs> because it went one after, I forgot how it even got to that point. Um, it got really intense. Maybe because we're getting recorded now, it's yeah. not. <laughs> oh, it's all good. You let it. You, I'm like you, more aware or something. <laughs> that's why I'm here. It's all good. Yeah. But, um, yeah. When did the military come into play? Because that's like quite a turn. I mean, that's not. I, I don't know. I just. I. I'm not a guy too, right? So I'm just very curious, like how those choices come to be when you like um, immigrate to a brand new country and you're trying to figure out what to do. How did it go to yeah. that? Well, I think I was just in this country I don't know, two years, I think, or three. I forgot. Now I have to like think about it. But um, but what it was is you know, you want your own independence, right? You're uh very uh uh. You just want to be able to make your own decisions, I guess, and all that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And and uh. uh, uh with me, I think I was fine where I was, but my other friend, I think he really wanted to get out of his house and he was able to convince me to join the Navy. Wow. Uh, yes. That, so if that's, that's not effective peer pressure, then I don't know. <laughs> well, but, but it was done in a way where uh, it just sounded so so adventurous. That's mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that's that's one form of gaslighting that <laughs> I learned. <laughs> that I learned because it's oh, you know, we can't just stay stuck here in one place. There's you know, let's get out of this town and have you know great adventures. You and me, like me and my buddy, we're gonna go. Uh, the thing is, when we went to the recruiter, even he like gases us more. Like, yeah, I have a house in in Hawaii, and and when you join the Navy, you could. You know, uh, not saying the Navy is bad or anything, but this particular person was uh, was was really like you know working us and saying how he has a house in Europe or whatever. I go, wow! I didn't know the Navy in the Navy you could make that much money. No, you could buy a house for zero money down. It was just everything that you thought uh, would be cool. But um, when I when I joined it, uh, you know every everything I asked for like. I want to be stationed in the West Coast. I want to be with my friend. We want to be in Hawaii or something. So when we signed up, me and my friend were not together. Oh, no. <laughs> you know? Okay, yeah. And we were not in the West Coast. We were in the East Coast. And it's just, I people would enjoy their time in the Navy if, if, if the ones on top realize to give you at least some of what you want. And maybe the people in there will be happier and will want to stay there more. But maybe I just, maybe I was just bad luck for me and my friend, you know, we were still together during a uh, camp, which was still an amazing experience. You know, um, mm. I, I would not change 
my experience in it, even though I didn't like it as much, I wouldn't change it because um, doing that made me grow up really fast and um, realize what I really want in life. Um, that I really, really wanted to be an artist, you know, or 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 a director, I guess. That's awesome. So the Navy was a key component of carving out more clearly what you wanted. Because yeah, I'm a very big believer contrast, in a lot of, right? Yeah, like going through things you don't want, which is, you know, was for me, especially as a teenager, was going through a very bad relationship, taught me very, very deeply how I never, yeah. ever want to be treated ever again by anybody. Yeah. And luckily you were able to wake up, mm-hmm. you know, with, with that and, or even survive being a teenager because I told my son you just have to stay alive until 25 and everything will click <laughs> you know that's so true yeah. it's so true it's so hard and I laugh because I don't want to cry it's very it's like <laughs> it, you know people talk about like oh yeah would you go back and I'm like I would never go back I never want to be a teenager again like I learned a lot <laughs> I appreciate those years but they're hard you know I don't I it's and I do feel this stuff we were talking about you know previous conversation it's it's gotta be so freaking hard to be a teenager right now. I can't even. Oh, I can't. I right now, I wonder if it must be. Yeah, I. Yeah, it's hard to even imagine. Because in my mind, I was about to say, I wonder if it's harder than when I was a teenager. Because they have all the stuff, the technology to learn online, and obviously that technology also could be bad. Because you know my. Um, my son had uh, he he went through some stuff that was really hard. You know, this moment he turned thirteen, it it was a, it was like a, he was a totally different person. And mm-hmm. I think the environment of toxicity in the gaming gaming mm. world online, yeah, the kids there are just um, they're pretty terrible from what I hear. Yeah, just say certain things and. Um, my son was able to keep, you know how you suddenly build another persona? Like he was able to keep it separate for a little bit, but then you start becoming what your environment is and um, because you have to be tough, you know? Um, yeah. Maybe that's, so I, I relate to maybe, maybe when I was younger, I I got tough because of the bullies around me. Um, and, and, um, in the Navy, even you, you had to be a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when they hang out, okay, like there's this one guy who I got along with, a big black guy, you know, and and he's he's always tough, always kind of like a bully. Uh, but when we're just hanging out, like uh, on because um, you know when 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 you, when you drive a ship, you switch with you know other seamen and you switch positions in the driving of the ship or the looking out on the starboard side or the port side. And sometimes we just hang out for a little bit and talk. Mm-hmm. And then this guy's like, man, you're very smart. Why, why do you act like a fool when you're like with everyone else? <laughs> you know, <it's> like, <laughs> and then he just says, because you gotta, you know, you gotta protect yourself. Mm. Also act like you're stupid so that they won't think you're weak. Cause you're smart. It's so interesting. Mm. Yeah. I feel that. I feel that. I I mean, it that triggered something in me, a memory <laughs> in me of multiple times where I've, it's so embarrassing because I would not yeah. want to teach this to my daughter or to my son, to anybody, but yeah. I would, I would play stupid around guys, you know, to, because yeah. I knew that 
the fact that I knew I was smarter and the fact that I knew things that they were saying were incorrect and me correcting them would damage their ego it would create hostility or whatever. Right. And wow, I wanted, yeah, yeah, I wanted I them to that. like me or I wanted them to just not hate me or whatever it was. I would dumb myself down. You know, I I'd, I'd just wow. pretend I didn't know things and it's, it's a That's lot of just crazy. survival, right? It's a lot of just, um, trying to identify like what's your what's your role in this whatever scenario you're in and what's yeah. the best outcome that I can hope for it's, and then how do I adapt to that that's yeah it's on the guys sometimes you you just probably i think i guess that's where i don't know why i i think of it as you being really nice so that you don't embarrass them um, that too <laughs> right because you're saying it's more like your survival but sometimes it feels like I remember when I was younger, I, I really like tough women, like someone that could really speak their mind. And and I allow that. To, I don't act like, uh, you know, my my wife, she's she's really, really tough. <laughs> like the, we're very opinionated. And I think that's why we, I liked her uh, a lot because I, I like someone that would challenge what I'm saying um, just for checks and balances, I guess, you know. Um, mm-hmm. and, and it's not fun if if... It's not fun. No, it's not fun to have a, a, a what was that? A, um, a crazy relationship, but uh, but it's also not really good if someone just keeps on saying yes all the time and you don't yeah. really know what they're thinking. Um, yeah. So, I so did yeah, grow up around some fragile <laughs> male egos, which I'm sure that you experienced <laughs> yeah. a lot of in the Navy too, or just in America, oh, or yeah. just in life in general. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I think I was like that too. You know, mm. um, at some even even now, probably maybe I'm, I don't even know it. Uh, there are there are situations probably that um, it's less now because I'm more aware. Like I I try my best to to say if if I'm wrong, I'm sorry. You know, um, especially now that I have kids, they have to see me be able to do that uh, mm-hmm. and, and show that I. Uh, I understand that I lost control or, or, or I'm not on the right and stuff like that. It is hard sometimes because you think, oh, I'm the parent. I should always like um, be correct. Mm-hmm. But, do as I know. say, not as I do and shut yeah. up. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I would, I remember saying something like, like I know it was, no, we got to be the example. So I, I just try to be example. And if I can't be, I just say that, you know, I make, mistakes too you know it's not like i'm always correct mm-hmm. um, that's admirable i mean that's a lot more i give you credit because that's a lot more than i was offered growing up and i think that that's it is what it is i'm yeah. not harboring resentment anymore but that is the truth of the matter i did not hear a lot of accountability or recognition of fault it was always just mm, yeah you need to just listen to what i it was just kind of like this blanket dictator type of you know oh yeah you heard what i said that's all that matters now do it yeah there's no uh discussion Mm -hmm. you know that's how when i was younger anytime you have some kind of negotiation no my mouth just gets slapped Mm -hmm. um it it makes my parents seem so so like bad um but it's only the times when i am uh you know just not doing what they asked me to do uh uh but but overall it's it's still it's still they're still good um and 
maybe it's because they were following a norm of I got spanked a lot. <laughs> That's the problem. Mm-hmm. Um, there was spanking in my house too. There was there's there's a you got whooped if you yeah, were out of line. Yeah. It was a, I, my dad's a military kid. Very my dad my grandfather was a colonel in the Korean oh, military wow. during the war. Right, so he's a yeah. very like yeah he was a very yeah. stern. Uh, iron-fisted kind of dad. Yeah, just very and man. My uh, my grandfather too on my mom's side. He was a colonel. Wow, what? We're both colonels, grandbabies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was. He he held like a little position in you know one of the provinces in the Philippines, and just um, also he was in that Bataan Death March. He was walking through that, almost died. He had like two two. Fish, dried fish in one pocket and like bread in the other pocket, and wow. you had to you know, have that last until they get uh, until they got saved, I guess. Uh, oh my god, how long was that? That's really crazy. That was in World War Two. No, oh. yeah, I'm and not then, as well versed on like World War Two battles, and again, yeah, see, I'm still learning through. <laughs> through yeah, films. I mean. It, Learning now more. Um, I know the wars, but not not much details. Um, just learned it through. Uh, even my wife's dad, he was also in the military in the Philippines. He was a guerrilla war veteran, I guess. Um, and he he killed a lot of Japanese during that time. Uh. Um, and he would be telling me stories as crazy. Like it is true. Like in some places, they when they come there. They, you would see the bayonets with the knives and babies on, on top of it. <gasps> oh my yeah. god! Like, like that's not in just in the movies. Like, and that's the crazy part about. It's a very sobering part of life when you. I mean, even when you hear the story, I would say even if I heard that story, maybe as like a teenager or even in my twenties versus now. Yeah, it's so different when you understand like like you've lived life a bit, right? And you understand yeah. like how deeply traumatizing all those things must have been, right? And that's a word that gets thrown around yeah. a lot now. Like we talk about traumas and, you know. That is a word that gets thrown around. Right. I hear that. Yeah. But it's like, those are real things. Those trauma, that trauma, you know, in those generations, especially during the atrocities that they were going through right in front of their doorstep, right? On a daily basis. Yeah, yeah. When I think of those things and then that can generate a lot more empathy for me because, you know, the things that I've experienced as a fallout of those things that my grandfather put my grandma and my dad and my aunt and my uncle and the, the trickle effect that it had on our family of all these unresolved traumas and all these unresolved issues, right? Their inability to communicate, their denial of emotions. But like those facts still matter to me and they, they do make me have more compassion because I was just like... I can't even imagine. Like I can slightly imagine because I've seen enough stuff through Hollywood, but they actually dealt with those things. You know, those are things that they actually did and experienced and lived through. So there's room for, I was like, I've never encountered something like that. And to try to be normal and be huggy and kissy and emotionally, you know, present with your children or your spouse, I imagine it'd be pretty freaking hard at that time. So yeah, in the beginning, I, I had a hard time uh, showing emotion. Um, mm. It was, uh, but I knew that my wife, she was the one I wanted to be with, you know, for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but I didn't believe in marriage because my parents were separated also. Got like, it. Like marriage doesn't keep you together. It's my promise to you. I don't need I don't need marriage. You know, I don't need to get married to it because that's not gonna stop us from separating either. Mm-hmm, <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Like um, you're it, so that's that. <laughs> yeah. Um mm. and uh, it's because of her I think I was able to find that part of me. Mm, I love that. Yeah. Oh, the Disney princess in it's me hard. is is flying high. How- yeah, I'm just glad she stayed <laughs> stayed with me because how you know I'm very driven, and because of how my family things happened with my family, and with how you know you're being stopped to do what you want to do, or my dad saying no, don't ever let a woman like stop you from your dreams, you know that kind of stuff. Like, um, so. I'm I'm glad she stayed with me because I said something to her like this, which it sounds so much like I'm an asshole. Because, uh, but I I wanted to lay it down. If you still want to stay with me, then you know you could stay with me. But just know, art is number one, and you're number two. Oh wow! Whoa! Whoa. <laughs> yeah, it's like oh, but let me finish. It's like she got angry. <laughs> See her face? No, it's because the reason why is because art. Is, is my life. It's who I am. Mm-hmm. And and you're still number one, but I need art to feed us. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what I was saying. That that just give this time to go because um and there was no other person. You know, it's just one art, you number two, and then I guess my family, but that time there was, was just, just nobody you two. else. It was just us too. Yeah. And and no one else. It, it's us against the world kind of deal. Um it, it's very weird that that was what was in my mind. So uh, I don't want to resent you. I don't want to be angry at you. We're going to be together if you ever really stay together for the rest of our lives. And I don't get to fulfill or even am able to put my all in what I wanted to do. Then I'll be angry with you. And I don't mm-hmm. want to be angry with you. And I don't want to. And and my love for comic books kind of came in here when I told her. Because she has total control over me. If... Uh, <laughs> If, if let's let's hang out you know let's and when i'm with her and we're, i don't want to work i don't want to do my my art right mm-hmm. and i can't do that because if this if 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 i fall into this trap then all of a sudden i'm not good with my art and two years gone by and i don't have a portfolio mm-hmm. um, and, I, and i did that with my basket because i was addicted to basketball i did that for a while with that and i already can't control myself but now that i'm so determined and and then you come into the picture and it's hard. So I would say, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> Respect. Respect. Right? I, I see you. Right. So I tell her, you have great power. So, you know, <laughs> let me do what I need to do. And honestly, your your woman's a wise woman. This, I mean, I've learned that through my my relationships as well. And it's funny because yeah. I think that the things that women and men experience we're speaking in these are heterosexual relationships right but in relationships when you have different passions and interests and different power dynamics there are times of that push and pull of like somebody's got to give and someone's got to take and that that ebbs and flows right it's never like a clear this or that but our perceptions of what things are supposed to be our expectations can be the thing that kind of messes all of that up because you're like well I'm supposed to be the career person or you're supposed to be the career person or did And those things yeah. that are so implicit and embedded in our minds, whether it's from the Hollywood programming or whatever from church yeah. or, um, I, I respect that you stood for that because, sorry, I just got triggered because 
if, if I was empathizing with your wife and if like I'm madly in love with my man <laughs> and he tells me I'm number two, that just, you know, it's, it's, it's a little painful, but it is, it for, is just so angry. <laughs> but philosophically, I respect what you're saying. And I respect that you're honest with her. A like, yeah, first of all, yes. I Cause I honestly, did really love her. Yeah. And I didn't want to hate her. You knew for, that you, you, yeah. you knew who you were. And also, I think that it's a level of, I think in my mind, and tell me if I'm misinterpreting, but I feel like I'm interpreting that as a form of discipline. Like you are saying, I cannot have this vanish or be compromised because if it is, the consequences of that are going to be very, very significant, including our relationship, including my livelihood. Therefore, it cannot be any way but this. And that might, that even that, a lot of people could look at that as like not an easy thing to decide or say out loud. Yeah, it's it really, it's not like I said that out of nowhere. It was, um, it was, I was noticing that I was not working on my stuff because mm. I was having too much fun with her or, <laughs> or, you know, I'd take her home and then oh sleep over here you know she, yeah yeah you know, with her parents there I go are you sure your parents want no no you could stay like she had total control of her parents too she, it's run, just like, she run things i got she I runs know. there yeah and then now I'm, uh, okay i'm gonna go home and then now she'll come with me and i well, I can't get rid of you well mm-hmm. how can i don't have time to do my stuff and it was just um but i did like it that's the problem is is i want that but i know what i need to do and if you just give me time, I could show you that, you know, once I get to where I need to go, then, you know, things will be different. But uh, the sad part is, is and, and this is why I learned so much from her, too. <laughs> That's why I'm getting emotional. <laughs> uh, yeah, because... <laughs> That's the way I'm trying to think. Um, it, it 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 really is a, like a difficult thing where she could have left me really, and and it, I can't even explain how how um how she really helped me understand how uh you know uh, uh, your partner feels and 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 I think we're very honest because she's very honest with me uh, too. So I think. That is the communication is the key to a really healthy relationship, even if you kind of hurt the person. As long as you're open enough to listen, to listen and still say how you feel uh, and, and not close your mind um, and then work through why you're feeling that way um, and, and, and why I'm so, so, for me, it's so important that communication is the key, is always like my mantra before because my parents, were separated and it always felt like they didn't communicate what they needed mm-hmm. to happen with each other. Mm-hmm. So with her, I made sure I communicate and not held it in and bottled it up. And one day I just blow up or I just leave her, you know, because, yeah. and then now it's her fault. No, it's not. It's my fault. Cause I didn't say anything. Yeah. You know? So Ooh, that hits hard. Yeah. So Good. I, Good for both of you. That's like, I love that. I'm getting emotional. I just, I I love to hear true, true love stories. These are true love stories, you know, and love is, is not, um, fun all the time. It's really hard. And it's like, I think the most, if I think one of just the most effective catalysts for growth 
Because they're gonna, it's gonna force you. You're either yeah. gonna rise to the occasion and handle slay that dragon or not. You know. Yeah, I feel like other. my kids are so lucky for for us, my me and my wife, to be like this. Because um, there are a lot of things I I learned. Like um, maybe it's something I should have already known, but uh, like you don't have to. She said this to me where I don't have to always try to fix stuff. You know, it's like. You just have to listen. <laughs> it's it. and it's like, but it doesn't make sense. What do you mean? I am listening. That's why I'm trying to fix stuff. You know, like <laughs> you need my help with stuff. And she doesn't know even how to explain it. Yeah, I don't know how to explain it. Just maybe if you just listen, just let me talk. And maybe she could just hear herself talking. That's how I think I started to become who I am now. I think it's because of of her. And sometimes I say, oh, you're the one being so hard to be with because it's, there's certain things that are un- unreasonable, certain requests that are, are unreasonable, and and they are, uh, and 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 they're not. You know, they are, but they're not. I, it's so hard to explain, right? But it I'm is. also unreasonable. Yeah, every, I mean, you know? everyone is. We are all yeah. strange creatures, Anthony. We are all yeah. the hero and the villain. We are all like, you know, the angel and the monster, all of us. That, that's <laughs> yeah. what makes life interesting. And I think it's so crazy how much every person or thing that we encounter has a weird way of drawing some different side of us out, right? I'm sure that like yeah. what you're just saying about the Navy, you had to adapt in that. You you saw different sides of the same person based on whatever circumstance you're in, right? Like in this case, he's like yeah. acting this way. And then you find out behind the, you get to peek behind the curtain and you find out it's all a ruse. And like, he's just putting yeah. on a front because that's his survival. Because he's like manipulating them yeah. to make I mean, sure he, yeah. It's very interesting, and, and some of them are really, um, uh, yeah, they become good friends. Some of them really, they they don't. Um, maybe that's what racism was about. Maybe I didn't notice it before, you know, um, when it was happening. All the only thing was on my head. Oh, they're just assholes, you know. That's it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, sides to different people, and definitely certain environments and certain types of people that have more control and. Um, more control of how they want their life to be right and yeah how did you how did then because sorry i freaking i want to talk to you for like 10 hours but i yeah. want to respect because <laughs> you didn't sleep last night i'm being very mindful of this i know you didn't sleep very much last night but uh, if we'll condense this because we i i want you to come back and i want i want us to just have like a whole episode just talking about love and i want to hear more about your wife and all of that oh, um, yeah. oh man that was I would, I would for sure. Yes, you if you want a, her to be in on the interview, that could I be would cool love too. that. I would freaking yeah. love that. Honestly, I I am the unmarried one in a lot of circles, <laughs> and I genuinely think it's just so fascinating. There's such fun and insightful stories from everybody. So yes, I invite you and your wife back 100. <laughs> percent But awesome. to to get back on your hero's journey of you went to the Navy, you were learning these things and you said that that experience helped you really realize how much you wanted to do art. Mm, how, yeah. how did that chapter of your life then end? Cause you, I mean, obviously like, um, how, do, how do we get I, from there to here? I just realized, um, I told you what happened before, right? but now I'm saying it on air, I guess. Uh, how do I say this? Oh, wait, before before I get to that part, there's a part I remember telling you before with my friend trying to trick me to go in in the Navy. It felt like a trick because mm-hmm. it was more like, let's not tell our parents we're going to the Navy, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah like, let's just, because uh, if you tell them, yeah, if you tell them now, 
they'll they'll talk us out of it. And I was like, yeah, but don't we want to? No, no, we don't want to get talked out of it. We want to go. It, why? Oh <laughs> no, my we, gosh. So, but you know, we're all macho. Yeah, yeah. This is what we need to do. No one can stop us. We'll decide on our own, our own fate. And um, which is, you know, I feel bad now for my parents because when I was talking to you about it, and I, I thought about it more, and it's like that morning. I think it was five in the morning. A knock on the door, and my mom gets up. My dad and and there's <laughs> soldiers, MP soldiers out in the front, and they thought, "What did I do?" You know, because um, mm-hmm. you know, I I ran with some questionable pe- people. You know, some wannabe gangsters back then, but oh, not like God. I'm in. Yeah, not like I'm in the gang. I just know them from basketball or. Whatever. I don't care if you have people in in uniform standing outside my door. <laughs> no, I'm having like a a delayed heart attack on behalf of your mother. <laughs> yeah, oh, man. And I said, no, no, they're here uh, for me to, you know, because I'm, I, forgot, I don't even know what I said. They couldn't even process it. They couldn't even mm-hmm. cry at the moment. I just had to go, okay, bye, I'm going. Oh, my wow, God. Wow, it makes me feel sad now the more I tell <laughs> the story. I was like, oh, my God, what did I do? Um, and my friend, you know, so... I follow the MPs, I hug them, and then, you know, my dad, they're just in shock. And then we just go in, in the van, and my friend was already waiting there. We're like, what did your parents say? It's almost like, this This would sound weird, like, almost like like we're laughing. Like, oh, we showed them, you know? Oh, my god, what, what a prank. And, like, you know, little did we know we're the ones that will hate where we're going and what we're going to do. <laughs> it's it's karma. like, oh. It's called karma. From- yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm also it- getting, like, preemptively angry at my like <laughs> my hypothetical son that I don't even have yet. I was like, yeah, if yes, you ever do that to me, I will go personally kill you. Yeah, like it's not yes. happening. You're not going to be a leave. Yeah. Oh, you're not going anywhere because I'm going to destroy you. Oh, like, oh dear. Uh, so we went to the processing place and um, uh, I I don't remember we got to go back home one more time and then, oh and then leave for a flight. I don't remember, but there's this part that I remember my uncle telling my mom, uh, my uncle on my on my dad's side, he's he's white and he was in the military also, and he was telling he was in the air force, and he kept on telling them to not let me go. He will not like it because he hated it. He always told me the story about this his drill sergeant that this this little guy, you know, he would re- he's a tall guy. My uncle he's would really like bully him, and 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 he got so angry he. He choked the guy, lifted him up in the air, and you know that kind of stuff. I I forget exactly the story, but it was something Whoa. like that. Um, but he was telling me not to go, and and it was too late. Uh, I I I already signed up, and that was when you you I had this buyer's remorse or something, or we're like, <laughs> did I make a mistake? Oh no, I I should talk to my uncle first or someone in the military first, you know? Yeah, um, well, that's good. You had buyer's remorse. It indicates that you had sense, but it's, you know, such yeah. is life. And we all make, I've I've made many, many questionable decisions <laughs> yeah. and you're not alone. Yeah, and, and it was too oh late. But then, God. you know, be a man, just, you know, do it. and Follow um, through. Yeah, follow through. And, and I, I still remember the first uh, day coming out of uh um after we got our, all our shots and then you know sh- uh, got our clothing whatever we needed and then we, we we flew in that plane going to virginia or was it 
I think it was before the boot camp. It was just, it was just the place we were staying, uh, like this little motel, and then the McDonald's, and not, like nothing else was there. It seemed like. Wow. What That's a, all. What? Well, it shows yeah. the prolific nature of McDonald's. It can be the. Yeah. It is the it, only thing. It's the only one there. It, it like, is America. Wow. Great, great. Uh, how do you say that? Great marketing or whatever. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Knowing what to do with. It was McDonald's actually most of the time in all the places, military. I just saw McDonald's. Kind of funny. Um, but yeah, we were in the uh, in boot camp at Great Lakes, Chicago, and it was really windy there. Mm. Um, a lot of awesome things happened. A lot of, uh, I guess, little triumph, bully triumphs that happened with me there. Um, um, one, I'll tell this story before we talk about how it ended, uh, is... Uh, this one I remember the most was this guy from New York, I think. Uh, and he was a little bit taller than me. But he was like, uh, you know, in a way, like, clowning me, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. And, and I, I have a little bit of a stutter, you know, when I try to think of, of what to say back. Um, and we were, we were uh, in line, I think, and he would be uh, mocking me, my my star. Oh, toe, toe, toe. Like, what, what, what are you gonna do? Blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, this was like the first two days, I think, or, or the first week. Um, everyone's establishing their persona, I guess, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm the smaller guy, and um, but the part where we had to all take a bath, <laughs> and we're like, oh man, I don't want to be in the, you know, in the bathroom with a bunch of naked guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we had to go there and, you know, we take off our clothes to take a bath. Mm-hmm. But, but I was ripped. You know, I was like, because I was so into working out. And and that guy that used to, was trying to bully me, when we looked at each other in, in the bathroom, uh-huh. we were like, oh, yeah, you don't want to mess with me now, right? <laughs> and I did like 30 pull-ups, you know. With, with my leg up in front of me and just showing off, like, this is how strong I am, buddy. <laughs> it's, like, it's so yeah, weird. You, you, gotta, you work what you have. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, maybe I could just make it look like I'm crazy so we don't fight or anything. Um, but a lot of posturing in, in there, man. A lot of people that are rude, um, especially when you're kind, they take your kindness for weakness. Uh, mm. One guy... Um, from Chicago saw the pictures you know we get mail and stuff he saw my sister's pictures and stuff and he would go you know what if I fucked your sister you know that would be nice she looks really nice oh god like that just to my and then later on after I um, because there's this guy uh, that that would um, uh, there's this other guy that would come up like how do you explain it's like in the center aisle when you go to your to your to your um, bunk beds, you go in in a line formation and you stop on your bunk bed and then the line keeps on going until everyone's in, right? Mm-hmm. But there's this guy that would keep would come. He's a bigger guy, long arms, black guy. He he would always pretend like he's punching me in the face. Mm-hmm. Like, poof! And then, yeah, I got you, bitch, or something like that. He'd, he'd keep on walking. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've learned, you know, I have to stand up with the bully. Bef- don't let it keep on going. But I always wait three times. Third time is when I, I retaliate. So the third time he's coming and I could see him, you know, uh, you know, winding up ready to do his thing. And I punched at the same time he's punched, I punched his hand. Uh-huh. <laughs> at the same time we punched. I didn't care if I got hurt, but 
I didn't get hurt for some reason. Uh-huh. So we both like clashed in our hands. And then because of that, everyone saw that he stopped doing what he's doing. And he's a bigger guy. Um, and that guy who said that he wants to fuck my sister never said that again. Mm. You know? So it's like we established that there's only four of us Asians in there. We were like in the middle. It's it ironic guys. we're in the middle. The black people on the left, white people on the right. And we were in the middle. Like literally when you're in your sleeping arrangement. Yeah, it's so weird. It's like, what? Well, I'm a person that doesn't believe in coincidence. And I also think that they're, I mean, I have my opinions about military in general. And even in Asia, because I have a lot of criticism against like Korean military and like the whole culture and the toxic masculinity. Oh yeah, toxic We won't get me started on that. But I I wouldn't be surprised. Like I'm surprised and also completely not. Um, But wow, what a thing. God. Yeah, it's this story is I've never actually told it on air like this. This is mostly uh uh just us you know talking and yeah. stuff. Yeah, no, I'm honored. Yeah. Thank you for I mean yeah. that the I there's part of me that totally gets the whole assert your dominance, establish who the hell you are. I have that part yeah. of me, you know, we all have our male uh masculine and feminine energy it doesn't matter about like gender yeah. it's just those those kind of um powerful parts and the receptive parts and the nurturing parts like we all have them right so i have yeah. my competitive side and i think i've learned how to exercise those things since i was young but it's so different when you're with a bunch of straight dudes well we don't even know who, if all those people in there were straight. Yeah, no not all of them but, are yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, like it's just like in the male species, y'all fascinate me to no end and exhaust and, me. And the funny thing, <laughs> yes, so I saw the funny thing is that was in the beginning, but in the end of boot camp, everyone's so like brotherly love. Of course you know? they were. That's what I was gonna say. You guys are all like so BFFs crazy. forever. Yeah. Cause because there's that one one bad person, which is our CEO who always punished us and made it seem like, you know, uh, it's a punishment, but really it's just to toughen your body up. You know, mm-hmm. um, and, and and now that I know it's some kind of psychological thing to get you to be all you know camaraderie, um, it's manipulation again. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I think it's also uh, there's like a primal part of just like being human where it's like a again a dominance thing, but it's like kind of figure out what the pecking order is i don't yeah. know what no no i'm talking about okay. i'm talking about the seal like like the people in charge of our our oh, platoon yeah yeah so they it feels like it feels like to get everyone to like each other there has to be one bad guy that's above everyone which is the officer yeah you know so true you know so even though they're not that like they they play good cop bad cop you know um and now that now that I'm smarter, I guess I could see that more. And I feel like uh, uh, if, you know, like my kids know about this stuff because I teach them as much as I, I, I know already. And they'll, they'll, they're so confident. No one could really uh, mess with their heads, you know, uh, this way anyway, like, like in the military. They, no one can really just, like make you feel like you're not, not worth anything. Yeah, that you're that um, – that, uh, it's like the they're always just trying to like subjugate you they're trying to make you not they i don't there are people but there are people who are actively doing their best to to put you into submission and there are people that they perceive a lot of that has been in a lot of people's minds have been asian people um to submit yeah and and to kind of so they can whatever assert their dominance and and win for whatever xyz reasons 
Yeah, and in in my platoon, um, the one during um the boot camp, uh, there's more majority were more black people, but with us, is everyone was just was just all really cool. Eventually, you know, it didn't matter what color you're. Maybe there's a little, maybe one or two people that maybe they're not so sociable, but I, I did have more people trying to see if they could they could <laughs> fight me for some reason. I go, what? Oh, you want to see? And then, you know, sometimes they're just slow. Once they see the speed, they're like, oh, okay, maybe I don't want to mess with this person anymore. <laughs> you know, it's it's very interesting. Um, But yeah, so anyway, when, when I got out of the Navy, I, I, I was more focused and I knew what I really wanted to do. Um, and it was art and I didn't want to like, um, uh, how do you say this? Uh, I didn't have that much money to go to college. So I had to really make sure I choose the classes I wanted to mm-hmm. get. Sorry. Is, is, is that too quick? Uh, I'm no, going no, no. To topic. it's all good. Okay. Yeah. Cause, um, um, my, uh, and then I took just a bunch of art classes. I didn't take like general ed or anything like that. Cause I knew that I just want to build a portfolio and get this portfolio and then send it out to people. And I didn't care about grades anymore. I didn't, I just needed my skill set to get us get better. Mm. Um, and, and my mom would question it and, and say like, why don't you, why don't you have this class or this class? And I go, I don't need those classes. Are you not trying to graduate? I am not trying to graduate. <laughs> I'm trying to get a portfolio. Like, Thank you. Yeah, put it <laughs> together, and it's it's so hard for them to understand that. Um, even on my on, on my wife's side, they were worried because she was trying to be a doctor, mm. and and I was not a citizen yet. Um, I was not naturalized yet. I, I had my papers getting ready to process, and they thought I was trying to be with her to get that process. You know, Got everyone's it. always like. You have an alternate motive or something. No, she actually wants to be with me. Yeah. Um, what is yeah. what is her background? Is she Filipina or Yeah, she's um, Filipina. American. Um, Filipina American. She came here like when she was nine. So she's she was younger. Got it. Um, yeah. Wow. But she has Chen Chinese, you know, like like a mix of Chinese Filipino because her mom mom's grandma was from Macau, I think. Okay. Yeah. There's so many, again, I always, mind's always blown of the yeah. extensiveness. Okay. So she, so your, your future in-laws are questioning your, your motives. You're like, <laughs> yeah. I, I have, I know what the heck I'm doing. Okay. Okay. Leave me alone. I've like literally feel I've had this conversation with my parents. <laughs> yeah. like, you don't have to get it, but this is what I'm doing. Or you don't even need to explain it to them. You just got to do what you're doing. How long did it take for yeah. you to get like a proper portfolio together? And how did you know how to like, what how did you learn what the process was to like what to do once you had a portfolio oh man um how did that happen i feel i have to i have to try to really remember because i'm like <laughs> trying to remember where you know okay I, I i i think i do remember when i first got to the united states um i played basketball a lot right but and i met some people playing basketball that knew about art center college of design ah uh, yeah so that's when i first got that was 92 when i got here uh and my dad had talked about it in the philippines because he tried because he's a photographer oh very um, cool yeah so he, he he also went through some stuff because he's went you know to be an artist while while he's 
his brothers like summa cum laude his sisters like magna cum laude of course you know like they're all this and and maybe i was thinking maybe i am smart you know but, <laughs> but i just didn't get all this um but um but yeah so he he talked about it and i said is this the same art center oh maybe it is and then i went with my friend who he was taking saturday high classes in um art center and that's how i first knew about that and maybe that's how I knew about the portfolio. And I, I, I actually even talked to a teacher there um, that, that he thought my work was good, um, which is weird. Sometimes I feel like if I never went into the Navy, maybe I could have started my art career sooner. Mm-hmm. Um, also, also, oh, I forgot to mention, when I was in the Philippines, I actually graduated high school at 15. Oh, wow. Yeah, not because I was smart, because that's just where my birthday fell on. And, oh, and okay. It was just- <laughs> Yeah, it was just like four it, years for high school. It wasn't like here you take longer to go through high school. Got it. So it's like a clerical yeah. thing, not a... <laughs> yeah, it's not because I was a C student. You know, as, as a minus C student. <laughs> you know what? We all know that this is not the only measurement of aptitude, so whatever. It is yes, what it yes. is. <laughs> but I, I like saying that because I was like, the Valley Victorian, where is he now? <laughs> you know, I mean, no, I'm just kidding. I'm like... <laughs> Well, I mean, I'll, I'll say, well, it's like a, it's a minor flex, but I was high in my high school class and I was on track to be a doctor. I'm a podcaster now. You know what I mean? I'm like, I'm an actor filmmaker <laughs> that hasn't made my feature film yet or even my short film yet, which is my summer goal. But that, I'm making podcasts. So I was like, cool. That's where being like top of your class. This came. is, yeah. <laughs> I made well, it, Well, no, this is... This. <laughs> It's funny because I want to be a pod. I want to be a YouTuber. You know, it's like that's, that's the life oh right there. Oh my gosh! And then you you're work- working at your freaking. I I I've been adjacent to your office in the Disney offices. You get okay, cool. Make your YouTube out of your incredible office at Marvel. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. Oh man, um, but no, that's 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 gonna come. You're. Uh, well, we're planning something to do a short film or something, right? Yes, you know, you, yes. You're and you're an actor too, so yeah. I, I, I want to see that uh, in action Thank in a horror in a horror in a horror film. Oh dear God, I mm-hmm. hate watching horror film, but that's what I heard that you can like actually be in one because like I I think it'd actually be really fun to act in a horror film. I don't ever yeah. want I don't like watching them, but anyway, oh, <laughs> yeah. But that's um, really cool that you like. I very much believe in when you know what you want, you know, it's those cliche things that I think are true. When you declare and you know what you want, like things, they conspire to help you. Things happened in my life when I said I declared, even though I didn't say it to like people close to me, I said it to strangers before I ever told people (laughs) close to me that I wanted to act because I'd been acting since I was like five, you know, I've been in plays and stuff. Um, and I knew there was something in me of like, this is fun for me. And I had a, cause I was so deeply insecure and like pretty much everything else. Right. But in that area, I was like, no, I think I can do this. Like, I like playing other people. I can memorize lines. You tell me a story. I'll make it, I'll make it happen. Tell me what part I need to play. There was a confidence and a knowing inside of me. So I think those things are like, when you go with what you know, and everything else can be completely foggy and like unclear. You know yeah. how the hell you're going to get there, but you go with that knowing things can, and they do like, they like it will fall into place. They will fall into yeah. place and you have I to think, just trust. I totally 
Yeah. You know, I'm on board with that. I totally, that's how I live my life. You know, it's, it's that delusion, uh, the delusion <laughs> of, of wanting to be something and, and just, my wife would say that too. Once I know what I want, uh, I, I won't stop until I get it or, or I fail, but I'll still keep on trying, you know, um, and I think I told you this story before where the moment I decided that I'm, I want to be a creator, you know, and not just uh, what I'm doing, but I've been doing what I'm doing for like 20 years now. You know, it's, it's eight years of it is in Marvel. Yeah. Um, but I have always wanted to direct a film or produce or something, or, you know, I, I had actually put together uh, a story, a short story that I was going to do before I got hired at Marvel and I saved $20,000 to do it. I was going to travel to the Philippines and do it there. Um, but when Marvel called, I was like, you know, I, I, I can't pass this opportunity. I always wanted to be at Marvel, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and it was going to work on Guardians of the Galaxy. Not, not much people knew, but I knew who they were because, you know, I was been collecting Marvel since I was younger. And yeah, because like, you're Whoa. a fan. You're a true fan, yeah. you know. I'm a true believer, right? You That's, are. Uh, the, the Other people don't need to know, but you need to know, and you did. <laughs> yeah. And so I didn't do that. And um, and, and now, after being there for a while, I, the itch, I guess, started creeping up. Like, oh, I feel like I need to do something. I don't know what it is, but I'm so happy where I am, and it's so exciting. I'm w- working on so much different things, and and what I love about Marvel is you could really own the character you designed. And um, since you know the guys are my friends too, and actually one of them, the head of visual development, he was a student of mine, and another friend, Kevin Chen, we used to teach together, and he was our student. You know, um, wow. And to see him, like he's one of the best guys now. That's awesome. Um, yeah, and uh, so that was an opportunity to work there. Um, but then, when I felt that itch, and um, I, I, and what pushed me over the edge, I think, was when I was talking to Ryan Coogler during a pre-Oscar party. Oh He's my the director. God. I <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't get to talk to 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 the directors or whoever as much, but sometimes with those gatherings, which I am very grateful for that you know, Marvel allowed, you know, our, our, our team to be in the Oscar party. Hopefully we get to do that more often, <laughs> but then COVID happened. Mm-hmm. We're like, ah, oh, man, this sucks, but I could have mingled more. Um, but yeah, Ryan Cooler is such an awesome guy. And uh, <sighs> we're yeah. aligning in my world now. Like I, I, I'll just say this, we're, we're manifesting as we speak in this podcast. I've been saying increasingly, cause I've meant it, I want to be a director like Ryan Coogler. Like he, yeah, his work, yeah. I deeply admire and appreciate. Because just what he did with Fruitvale Station alone, even if that's the only that film was... of his that I watched, it's it said something very deep to me. So the fact that I'm just, okay, I'm done. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, and he's so young, you know, um, uh, to when he directed that, um, he knows who I am, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's what's nice, even though he's like this top director, he knew I designed the Dora Milaje. And he knew that I in, infused Filipino influence, 
you know, into that from the Filipino culture, like the igorots, you know, the fogaos and stuff. Yeah. Can you explain what that, because I I think that is so incredible. Can we elaborate on that for the people who need a reminder or if they didn't watch Black Panther? Oh, the the Dormelaje, they're the elite bodyguards of, of Black Panther, the bald women warriors, the amazing um, women warriors. Yeah, they're <laughs> and then they're uh, the fierce. Yeah, they're so fierce. And um, Okoye was the general, so I also designed her costume as well as <sighs> Nakia's costume, Dharmalaje costume. Um, and that was really that was everything. That was a lot of my. Uh, I don't know if I could say like life's work because. I designed that costume in multiple versions before, uh, and and it always gets uh, like um, you know uh, axed, right? They they didn't think like maybe it's too tribal, or it's too this. But um, even when I was designing in games, I would do use that same kind of aesthetic for this dark elves that I was uh, designing because uh, I was a lead designer in this one project offset company. Um, three years of my work, uh, the game never came out. So, <laughs> but, but those shapes, like if I ever, which is, if I ever put, like like the, did a presentation, you'd see some of those shapes uh, f- uh, coming through in the Dormelage design. Mm-hmm. Um, and and when I was designing that, it was the moment of uh, the Me Too movement, you know, mm. and a lot of stuff happening. So it it became even more important like a warrior, woman warrior of color. Um, it, it just it just became personal, right? I, I put like a lot of my stuff in there. So I, mm-hmm. I um, and then when they just, when Ryan Cooler really loved it and I, I heard from a story that he just got floored and he, just, he loved it that much. Oh, I love it. Um, but I wish I was there to see it. You know, I wasn't there Um that's the thing. I think those are like really key moments. If we can, yeah. we're, we'll say it out loud so that this starts happening more. But if yeah. people can hear directly, I think those moments are really, like, really crucial for an artist to understand the impact of their work, especially to people they yeah. admire. Because um, yeah. it's important. It's so, important. But at least I was able to. You know, be there with him during the pre. Uh, it's not a pre-Oscar party. Actually, is the it was a I think a Black Panther party, uh, like celebrating the Black Panther hit one billion. I think I think that's what it was. I forgot. Wow, so I that movie was just so crazy. That was such an epic amazing. time to yeah. be alive. Like truly, it was. It was. I was. It's like I was still not sure this is really happening. You know and. And the BuzzFeed article on, on my work came out and that kind of got me more popular. Um, it didn't feel like it, but I wish I took more advantage of that. Mm. Um, people were telling me that. This is how you know when when you're not used to that, you're not mature enough to understand the opportunities I could have had. Maybe one friend told me, you should try to make a film now mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because people are just interviewing you. I had like so many interviews um, and and the Philippines kind of knew who I was. Mm-hmm. Um, art schools in the Philippines after I, I, you know, after I visited there, they were telling me that, that I am an inspiration to them and they study my work. (laughs) I was like, Oh, that's amazing. Well, I, I want to be encouraging because I think 
the funny thing I've learned about narrative, right, and storytelling, and this coincides with like my evolved version of spirituality because I grew up Christian and yeah. there's parts of it that I kind of cherry pick. I was like, I like this part. We'll keep that. Yeah, um, yeah. But I really believe in like the part of having faith and like aligning with your beliefs and praying for what you want. And um, there's a lot of good energy behind that. Right. And I think yeah. the part that I find fascinating about um, the concept of like scripting or the, what, the power of journaling or saying things out loud, right? Yeah. Just the stories that we tell, which is very, I could go on for a long time about this kind of stuff because it's stuff I like listen to in my free Me time. Me too. I love about, it. <laughs> about the astrophysics part of it, like the way that we are, we're particles, right? And particles are energy. And like the energy yeah. that you put into or that you are and that you embody, it radiates out into the rest of the world. Right. That's the that's the, that's the thing yeah. that people can feel when we talk about good and bad vibes. People can tell good and bad vibes. You know, we are we yeah. are sensitive to that. So I do think that the power of the narrative of whatever we're saying subconsciously, and this is why I think therapy is very powerful and praying and meditating is very powerful because those beliefs that we have, the story that we're saying inside is is incredibly effective and impactful of like what's to come in the in the future right so i pay close attention more and more especially like the older i've gotten about what kind of stories i'm saying in my head about myself yes, and it's yeah. sad because it revealed how hard on myself unnecessarily hard on myself i have been and how negative i truly have been inside but what i'm doing is if i'm framing myself as i'm on my hero's journey if i'm the protagonist of my story what is it that I'm supposed to learn? And then how do I overcome that so that I can get to where I want to go? And those are things that I really want to put out in the world because you and I are living examples of that. I don't think you leaving the Philippines by, you know, narrow margin, like almost not being able to, to being heartbroken as you left and like leaving this love to joining the Navy because your friend told you to, and you didn't even tell your parents. And then like <laughs> having your, your wife that you like had to like figure yourself out for all these things, like, you didn't know that at the end of all of this, you'd be working at Marvel, like working with Ryan Coogler and making a film that literally has changed the world. You know what I mean? Like you didn't yeah. know that, but part of you, I'm sure did know that. And if you hadn't had the courage or faith or vision or whatever it was to like, just go. Well, well I mean, back to what you're saying when you kind of put that out in the universe, even just saying that little narrative in your head um, seemed to be, as long as you play that over and over again and or even if it's not over and over it's it's certain points in your life because sometimes i would be driving um my wife lisa she she would remember this we'll be driving on the 134 and you see uh the disney hat mm -hmm, right mm -hmm. and i say you know one day i'm gonna work there i don't know what because i don't like their cartoons <laughs> i do actually like their cartoons, but i would just say that because i like that because i love horror films that's like the thing i really love um, I started off as a creature designer. Sorry, I, the, my 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 origin story. We could have gone more like in consequential order, but we're jumping around. It's okay. Uh, maybe next time we'll do a, a real just deep dive on how I yes. how I did yeah. stuff. Um, because this is more like we're just hanging out. So no, this is getting to know you. That's what I'm interested. In. I love this. Yeah. So yeah, don't you don't need to apologize, but yeah. But yeah. So I I tell her that somehow you know I wonder what it's going to be because you know I don't like cartoons and um, uh, but then. Even just saying that, or I'm going to be this artist, or, or I could tell you this because um, I have told, uh, like, people dream. Uh, if my sister, sometimes they they'd be dreaming that I'm actually going to be able to do this film that will win an award, 
you know, mm. and it's like, oh, but it's not there yet, but it's probably is coming already. Or my pitch, my shows, you know, it's, it's, it's the moment we were talking about the moment I decided I'm going to be a creator and I'm going to pitch my shows and I'm going to do this within a year. I, I already pitched my shows to three major places. Wow. Um, and it, it's crazy. You know, that's right. I don't want to say who it was. Cause, yeah. You know, maybe because I still want to pitch more. And, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You're good. You know. The, yeah. We, so, it, we um, get it. <laughs> you could just edit it out. But you know who <laughs> who they are already. Mm-hmm. And now there's another place again that it's it's there. But again, you know, I'm so used to rejection that it's not really anything anymore to me. Um, I remember when, when I used to go clubbing with my friends. I think I was 19. This was before the Navy because um, I love to dance and stuff. And Nice. They they don't know how, but I would ask every girl to dance. You know, oh no, okay, the next one do you want to dance? No, okay, the next one you want to dance? No, okay, until I find someone that said yes. It's the numbers game. <laughs> That's what I would tell them. It's a numbers game, man. It is though. Oh my god. Okay. Well, so another alignment thing. I'm reading this book called How to Be an Imperfectionist, and there's parts of me that can be perfectionist e, and it is a lot about the numbers, and it's the practice of the doing and dealing with the rejection and figuring out how to optimize for the next version, and <laughs> yeah. just not getting so caught up in like the failure part of it, quote unquote. And that's even subjective, yeah. right? Saying, okay, I failed. I didn't get that person to dance with me, but is that gonna like kill you? No. It might, no, yeah. it might suck for a hot second, but you can move on to the next. It's like up to you, right? And you just, I love that you did that because that says a lot. To me, those are things that like build <laughs> character, you know? And you can yeah. say like, you know, I asked a hundred girls to dance. Have you asked? Yeah. Like I've asked zero because I and, don't have any and, guts. <laughs> and they all said no. And and usually I, I would tell them, my friends that, because they think I'm just really brave. No, I'm not brave. I just... I just know that that pretty girl, everyone's afraid to ask her to dance and I could tell she wants to dance. So I'm going to ask her and she'll dance with me because mm. no one's asking her to dance, you know, and because they're all afraid when, when, in, in fact, if you did ask her, she'll just dance with you already or mm-hmm. you know, um, like that kind of mindset is setting your mind that way where it doesn't feel so bad because you have a goal. And my goal is to just dance. It doesn't matter who I dance with, you know, I'm not picky. Um, but of course I'll go for the people I am attracted to first. <laughs> <laughs> I, there's still a process. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, like, uh, Oh, I'm being mindful of time and I could oh, yeah, seriously yeah. <laughs> talk with you forever. And I'm just grateful that you're like taking the time to talk with me after you've been tired and we will talk again. This is not the last time, but in, in terms of, I just want to congratulate you again, because getting to know you as a person it just makes all the work that you've done and that I'm still in awe of and I think is so beautiful. Um, it all just makes more sense. Like it's just cause it's who you are, you know, it's not even like, yeah. Oh, this is what Anthony was trying to do. No, this is what Anthony was doing. This is like who he is <laughs> as a person. So yeah, he got to where he is now because that's, that's, that's how he lives life, man. Like what do you expect? That, that's so cool. How you said that, that I'm not trying to, that's, that's what I am doing. I'm not trying to be, I am that. Mm-hmm. And so, and of course, it all. Oh man, this I I I don't want to start another topic because <laughs> I know we'll keep on going. Um, but it has been really fun. I I I will listen to this again actually because there's some stuff we talked about that triggered some other stuff that I realized I should be writing down for my story. Remember my my seasick yes uh, story yes. Yeah. 
So I that, hope that you do. I'm very happy to yeah. contribute however I can to this. Yeah, this maybe is... we'll talk again and maybe you could try to get more out of me. Not and even then... maybe. Yes, we are going to. Can I ask you? Yes, yes. Can I ask you a couple questions before we wrap? Um, yeah. What, do you have like a moment that you almost did give up? Do you, do you have a time where it's like you did almost throw in the towel or could have been the thing that kind of ended this dream of of being the mm. artist that you are? Oh, wow. That is, um, and it's like a super deep question, right? At like out it, of left at the end. Actually, it's not really a deep question. I just, I just don't want people to feel like they have to, you know, they feel bad if they're not what I'm about to say, mm-hmm. you know, cause I never felt that I was going to quit art, you know? Yeah. So it's like I I was gonna do nothing was gonna stop me. Um, I don't know how I got my mind to that, uh, or or I, what I could say though. While I'm doing art, there was moments where um, it felt hard. Mm-hmm. Um, that's uh, but not hard enough to quit. More like. Um, Ah, fuck, it's so hard because when I'm thinking about it, I've been lucky. I feel like I've been lucky. Even even if I experienced the Navy and things were bad there, but I was still drawing there, mm-hmm. you know? I was drawing everyone's faces. You know, I still have some of my sketchbooks, but I, not all the faces I've drawn, but that was my my therapy to draw. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's, I would, can I see this one day? <laughs> <laughs> if you yeah. ever feel like sharing, I would I'd be on it, but no, I have no, no well, pressure. Yeah, of course, you could see I I've have some, and I I like writing poems back then, and I thought I wanted to be a rapper. Because <laughs> I mean, you think you want to be a rapper? You want like yeah. y- you are one, Anthony. Yeah. If you, if you rap, you're a rapper. I'm rapping. <laughs> yeah, my my little poems, and 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 when I read it, it's like wow, I I I, I was really depressed back then, you know, like. I still remember one, uh, like a little verse where I was saying, you know, I'm, I, I, I could, I could recite it for you a little bit if you want to hear it. Yes. You know, it's like, it's like, I'm here, I'm here sitting in silence. Oh, now I, I totally forgot it now. I'm like, oh my <laughs> God, how did I forget when I, oh no, it's like here, I'm here sitting in silence. Um, and, and and here I'm here sitting in the dark or something like that, and with 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 hope I tried to see, with love I tried to feel, but still I find myself here, you know. And, and it's like, like I couldn't find myself. I couldn't feel anything. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and it's like I'm trying, but I always get heartbroken, you know, that kind of stuff because I. I have this love to give and there's no one to give it to. And every time it's the wrong person. That's why when I met my wife, it was like the right person. Mm. And yeah. I love it. Oh, thank you for sharing that. (laughs) Do you have anything that you would say at a moment? I'm sure there's many because you're very like, I can tell (laughs) you're like a very naturally grateful and, and positive person. Are there, is there a key moment that you're like, that you felt like I made it. Was it Black Panther? Or was there a time before that you're like, "Yo, I'm here. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm in the dream. The dream is here, and I am now." And you know, do you ever have those? That that's a really great question, um, and and different from other people that have that have asked the questions. I um, 
there there was there was a feeling the first time I ever got paid for doing art. Mm. There was a guilty feeling of like, wow, I'll do this even if I didn't get paid. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and and I'm that that was when I got hired at ADI, uh, Amalgamated and Amish Incorporated by um, Alec Gillis. I still remember him the way he hired me, the way what he said and how I got that was crazy. Um, but when I got hired and I was sitting in that drafting table in the middle of all these sculptures of alien resurrection, uh, sculpture of this huge alien, my side on this side was this horror like mask and uh, this big ape, you know, I'm just in the middle of their gallery. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just, it was amazing. And I couldn't, understand how this is a job <laughs> you know, i'm being not, paid to be happy and do being things paid to be happy that i love so much yeah and i wasn't even good and i i just got paid 13 dollars an hour um for my first spec thing um but it was more than what i got at at, at costco which was 625 which was still more than i got when I was in the Philippines, because I never worked, so six twenty-five was amazing to me. Yes, you know? and you're grateful for every part of it. I I love that. Yeah. And that to me says again a lot about you, and I think that says a lot about humans. I know that we get to see all the bells and whistles. We get to see the you know the Oscars, the billion dollar marks, the all these things, which are incredible. I'm not taking anything away from that, but yeah. I think in a person's real life. If you ask them, like, what's the thing that like really drove you? I imagine that there's a lot more of these like tiny moments that meant everything. Do you know what I mean? And if I dug around in my memory, it's the same exact thing. There are moments that I was like, it's like I got, uh, I manifested one thing. I'll share my Disney story. I actually have two Disney stories. Funnily, one was I passed the Walt Disney concert hall. This one I was producing for collaboration. We're doing shows and stuff. Right. And I moved to LA and I was like, I want, I wanted to be in the industry. I was like, I just, again, the knowing I was like, whatever happens, like I'm going to work in it. It doesn't matter if I have to work a clerical job or if I'm going to be the director that I want to be or an actor, I'm going to work here. It's, it is what it is. But I drove past the Walt Disney concert hall and I was like, I want to produce a show there. Like, I'm going to do it. And within, <laughs> within a year I did because, wow. because the Koreatown Youth Community Center every summer had their fundraiser gala there every summer. And they asked me and collaboration to be a partner to help produce it. Cause they're not well seasoned at like producing shows and collaboration is, and they, they love what we do. So I got to produce a show That's <laughs> the us. next That's two so cool. summers at the Walt Disney Concert Hall, one of them was with Babyface. The other one was with Sean Stockman from Boys to Men. Those two wow. singers were the most integral musicians of my childhood slash adolescence because I'm a huge R and B fan, and I got to meet yeah. both of them. Yeah, Babyface. I mean, I listened to him a lot when before. Anthony, so, do you not understand how my brain was melting? Oh, And then like the other thing is I joked about it. I went to a screening at Disney because we have awesome friends that promote diversity. And there was a screening that was happening at Walt Disney Hall. And I was like, hell yeah, I'm going. So I drove over to Burbank. I did the thing. I was in the garage and I was being a dummy, like being silly on Instagram stories or Snapchat or whatever the heck it was at that time. (laughs) And I was like, you guys, like I'm just in the parking lot of Disney. I'm just getting acclimated, you know, because I got to figure out where my spot's going to be. I was saying all this stupid stuff. (laughs) And I was like, I'm going to work here. 
the next, what was it? I think it was one year, maybe one and a half years later. It was not that long of a time. I got hired to be a screener for a new a new film director program thing. They needed screeners and I got recommended to them saying like, oh, she's very in the attitude. So <laughs> I got cool. to work for Disney and I had to go to a meeting <laughs> to nice. do an orientation at Disney. I was like, what the hell is this? So it's just crazy. Wow. I'm saying these things because there's knowing and there's hard work and there's faith and there's manifesting. There's like, you know, saying there's things manifesting. out. Uh, the manifesting, I, I feel like, that's another word that people use a lot, right? But yes, it really is. Um, people should try it. it I yes. feel like it works. You know, I, I was just, I was just listening to another friend of mine. He knows I like this kind of stuff. He sends me. I, I've already watched The Secret before, which is an awesome thing to to watch. Um, but he sent me an an older Earl Nightingale. Okay, <laughs> have you heard Earl Nightingale? I he, probably he was like have. Forties, I think, and he. I think it's this is based off what he was saying, and he was just saying, you know, uh, uh, you are what you think of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so oh, whatever, I totally have. I just googled him. Yeah. Sorry. Yes, I have. Yeah. So I'm sure you know him. Yeah. What he's a it's it's amazing his voice and, and I was just listening to that this morning. That's why that came up and how everything seemed to be. Um, I don't know how it doesn't work for other people, but I'll have a. I'll have this crazy story for you next time and I have to go uh, already, but, um, but it's, it's a, it's crazy story about that, about how you visualize and then something happened that I did. Um, I can't. Okay. Okay. We're going to leave people on a cliffhanger. Cause this, I mean, I know for sure you're going to come back and we have many more stories to tell, but Anthony, I just, yeah, I've already said it multiple times. I, I very much respect you. I'm so excited for what, what, all the things you're going to make. It's going to be really great. And thank you for the things that you have made. Please like, let me be your hype woman. I know that a lot of Asian Americans, <laughs> sure. I've, I've been doing this for a long time. Anthony. I, I know the deal. I know we all have a lot, like a hard time taking up space and being like, yeah, I did that. That was my work. Right. <laughs> yeah. So we can do it for each other. And that's part of what yeah. I, I, I think I was designed to do. Cause I get a lot of happiness out of well, doing it. <laughs> you and me. I do the same thing. Me and my friends, when we go to clubs and stuff, we, we talk about each other. No one talks about themselves. <laughs> that's good friends. That's good Yeah, friends. that's how you... Do you have any final words that you want to say as we close out this um, this episode together? Uh, nothing really. I enjoyed this a lot. And definitely, let's do it again. We definitely will. Thank you, Anthony. I, I'm excited for people to see more of your work. And we'll definitely record again. And I hope everyone got something oh, really. Uh-huh. Actually, you know what? Let me let me say one thing. Yeah. Let me say one thing before you go. Um, uh, okay. This is some part of the visualization, manifestation, whatever. I was talking to my wife about, about something like, oh, I want to reach the Philippines more and, and teach what I know. And, you know, like, like maybe a school or something or something like that, right? I was thinking about it, um, but I really meant it. I want to. I want to try to uh, teach what I know. Um, and then the funny thing is, you know who Nas Daily is? Yes. <laughs> I, I'm collaborating with him. What? On on because there's this thing called Nas Academy. Uh huh. I've heard of this. Weird, right? My hair going up, and it's like they're doing this big. Um, a thing, this school thing, and and I'm 
and they contacted me about it. Amazing. Yeah, so Nas, Nas, Nas Daily and Anthony Francisco collaboration is coming up. That's so cool. <laughs> wow, I'm sure it's like we're getting a lot of early dropping. It. That's amazing. Congratulations. That's really early, Ashley. It should be okay to say that. <laughs> <I think. laughs> okay, if it I mean, isn't, we, we'll edit that out. But let me just I should ask them. I should ask them first. Um, but yeah, yeah, we'll just talk like and then I'll ask them. And then you could put it in if 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 it's okay. But I think it's okay because they want people to know. Um, yeah, and also he has like eight jillion followers. You're gonna yeah, you're gonna be able to million. impact a lot of people. Thirty million now. The that follow his Facebook. I oh think I don't know about the school yet, but but he said, you know, do you want to have an Anthony Francisco Academy that's affiliated with Nas Academy? Oh and, my gosh. And you know, we're gonna be opening in the Philippines, but it's all online. It's not like a, a full course, it's it's more of um uh um um a doesn't matter. You're yeah. still you're still yeah. you're okay. A you're making true, you're manifesting what you said, and be like that's very impactful. It's crazy, I think right? Is like, so accessible. That's awesome. Because I was preparing stuff to just teach on my YouTube channel and stuff, but I was telling my wife, I, I wanna get with bit with more, I wanna affect the world. That's why I said. To my wife, I want to affect the world, and how do I do that? And and this comes up, and um, well, it came up first because someone did a little story of me. Um, I check the Facebook. I, I shared it. It was like um, Philippines love Emirates, and they're affiliated to Nas. And then they put that out, and it has garnered uh, nine hundred fifty thousand views, almost a million now. Wow, it's crazy. It just went viral, and that's and then they contacted me about that because they saw that and. You know, um, so it's exciting. Um, and on on this Friday, by the way, I'm gonna have a, a Wacom talk also on the Wacom inst- Instagram. Amazing! IG. That's yeah. I didn't know how to say that name. By the way, that was one of the words I was like, "Am I saying this wrong?" I was like, "Wacom, Wacom, <laughs> yeah, Wacom, Wacom." The is correct that, way. Is that right? Yeah. Okay, yeah, I didn't Wacom, even know. Yeah, I forgot. I call- it's a Japanese thing for like oneness or something. I forgot exactly. Oh, got it, got it. That makes sense. Well, Wacom. congratulations. Holy yeah. crap. That's incredible. <laughs> and keep saying those things out loud. And if there's anything people take away from this conversation too, is that people can write their stories. They can say their things out loud and we can keep making cool stuff together. Honestly, that's like all I really want to do is I like make things so. to help people. I'm going to win the Academy Award and an Emmy, by the way. Of course so you just, are. So, <laughs> just so you know. We'll, we'll share parties. I will, I will yeah. be there with you. I don't know about if I'll win an Emmy, that's kind of debatable. My dad told me. <laughs> no. My dad. You say you will win an Emmy. I kind of really, I really wanted to win a SAG award. I wanted to win oh, that's it, an actor's award given to me by my peers, by people yeah, I respect. Um, but the Oscars thing, I kind of like stopped wanting it so much because I was like, oh, it's very political. But my dad yeah. actually told me that I'm going to get one, which is really wild because he was the um, main person in my life telling me to quit Hollywood. And he wow. told me after um, Minari won, he was like, you're going to win one. And I was like, excuse me? <laughs> yeah. Oh, but Minari. We'll see. We'll see. It's going to come. Just keep on going. With you heard it here first. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, have a wonderful night, Anthony. Get lots of rest. And thank you so much for being a guest. Thank you for having me. It was so fun. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you guys for tuning in for this week's episode. 
The Hero's Journey with Anthony Francisco. Thank you, Anthony, for being such an incredible guest. I hope you guys will follow along on his journey. He is creating some really dope things, you guys. Some things that he can share, some things that he can't share with me. Um, but it's just such a cool thing to watch all the different things he's going to be bringing to life. So follow on his Instagram at Anthony underscore Francisco underscore art. Uh, there'll be a link for that in the show notes. So go follow his work and stay up to date with his journey as a person and as an artist. Um, thank you guys again for welcoming back into the podcast universe. I just feel like I've been away for a minute, but um, I'm back. I'm close to celebrating my fourth birthday, which is insane. Um, and that coincides with my actual birthday in July because uh, that's when I launched my podcast back in 2017. So crazy times ahead, really down um, to celebrate this because I never really thought that I would make it to this point. Uh, but we're still going because I love I love having these conversations and I love sharing them with you. And thank you all so much for your wonderful feedback, for the messages and emails that I've gotten um, about the recent episodes. It's just really touching to know that um, I can share things that are a little embarrassing, but honestly, I'm over it. But I'm glad to know that these stories can help people feel less alone and to give some therapy and catharsis for all the different craziness that we go through as human beings. You know, it's a lot. Every day, there's always something. And we can just do our best to learn from each other and to learn the lessons that we need from that experience and then keep moving forward. So I'm really just honored to share space with you guys. If you tune in and you get something out of it, I'm very, very fulfilled and happy. So thank you for all the love. If you'd like to um, contact me, you can email me at firstofallpod at gmail.com. You can follow me on Instagram at firstofallpod. And my personal page is at Minjeezy. And uh, yeah, if you'd like to support, first of all, you can become a Patreon sponsor. You can sponsor me, but you can also become a Patreon patron at patreon.com slash first of all podcast. And a thank you to my patrons. You guys help me keep afloat. And just I, I honestly don't know what I would do without all of you guys. And this week's featured Patreon shout out is to Tim Huey. Tim, you are wonderful. I love your spirit. Um, thank you for Honestly, being like an example of a good human being for the rest of the group, we have our Google Hangouts are always just reminding us to do just do the most in the in the best way possible. And uh, I really appreciate your friendship. And it's been great. Thank you so much for supporting me and for supporting First of All Podcast. And for those of you who'd like to also contribute to the podcast um, and don't want to go through Patreon, which other folks have asked, and I'm so grateful, you guys go to my website, firstofall.com. No. That's wrong. First of all, pod.com. Excuse me. Getting back in the swing of things. You go know, www.firstofallpod.com. And there you can find links to my Amazon wish list, to my PayPal if you'd like to, if you feel inclined to donate. I'm so grateful for any contributions. I receive them with so much gratitude. So thank you for being generous. Um, I'll put it right back into the podcast. So thank you guys. Shout out to Marvin Ewing, my audio engineer and producer. Thank you, Marv, for your for your support. It's been four years. Um, I won't gush right now before I start crying, but thank you. And shout out to Juliana Deer, who has helped keep the keep the everything of this podcast going, honestly. So thank you, Juliana. You're a gem. I love you. And yeah, I'm a proud member of the Potluck Podcast Collective. So go check out the other podcasters in that crew, some awesome Asian American podcasters and storytellers. And if you enjoy this, please do share this with a friend. Uh, these stories are meant to be shared. They're meant to inspire and to encourage and to fill people with hope. So I'm counting on you guys to help spread the word. Feel free to tag me. Um, yeah, and have a great, amazing 
wonderful week. And remember, stay to the end because we have music from Magnetic North and Tayona called We Belong. Talk to you guys soon. Love y'all. Bye. I'm here, grew up on the shores of America. Open up shop, ran stores in America. Wash windows, clean floors in America. Only trust me with your chores in America. Just need one open door in America. Cried when we elected 44 for America. My family's here, fought wars for America. On TV, just a whore for America. I get the memo, this is your America. Take my money, tax forms in America. Take a food, charge more in America. Use a culture for decor in America. History that you can't ignore. America, I'm the leader I was looking for. America, never silent, keeping score. America, and it's time I needed more. We're still here. We're going strong. Since Vincent Chin, the difference just names. Shout to Dao, y'all soon ja, know these names. Hyun Jung, Soon Jung Young, eh, we have names. Victims, silence, evicted from our lives. Cause our skin is the color they love to villainize. But if it's food, movies, or women, they love to fetishize. But if it's COVID 19, then oh, China virus. Fuck these colonizers, calling us outsiders. We built this country too, and they built it alongside us. One generation, two generation, three to the young generation, you generate me. So T, Tayo, and one, and Chucky, and anyone that feels like a guest in the country and everyone has ever lost a body to the struggle no you're not alone i promise all of my people y'all we love you when we're here scholarship indigenous songs belong at the center like ethnic studies be the robin hood and invest in us we be living pleasure acts abundantly abolition is healing our suffering belong in our purpose to the ones in need because if one ain't got it ain't no one free i speak from the streets of lanape ho king all my relations need reparations power to the people our disposition belong to the land with first nations permission maktub the word that was written when we decolonize we belong to wisdom the cry for liberty, the right side of history, overstand the bigotry, it's never really finished. Still here. Even when it's-